circumcision. David. Sorry. He. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I feel like Tom DeLuise and for there Rails. you go. Yes. Yeah, run. yes. Is, the pow- is the power of my Google Plus circles making that's, you nervous? Yeah, we got, we got. It is. We have we an extra a, two thousand and change listeners coming in tonight. We could really use the boost. You know what's cute? You know what's cute? Scotty has a, a tab on his site for commissions. As if that ever happens. <laughs> oh, oh, save it for the show, man. Oh, oh that's going in. Yeah. Uh. Calm me down, Jason. Scotty, somebody that uh, that that doesn't didn't know I knew you, sort of tell me something about like how they approached you recently about a commission, and they were like baffled. I think you told them some obscene number, and they were like, they said they still considered getting one, and I was like, well, more power to you, dude. That but, that's power right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my thing is is like people. It, it's funny that every now and then people will kind of like look at me sideways, and and I mean like people like my friends of mine will look at me sideways from uh you know like asking for so much for commissions and i was like you know like a commission is basically like a cover right it's like it is yeah Yeah, it can be yeah yeah i mean like when i sit down to do a commission and usually my commissions i'm like painting them you know they're like full paintings so they're like more than i do on a cover so you know i ask for around what i get paid for a covers and 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 I do that because I don't really want to do right, right, right a hundred of these things, right. you know. So isn't, isn't that also the uh, Sean Murphy school of thought? He's he's at a convention to just kind of chill and hang out with his friends. So if if you want something by him, he he says an outrageous number, thinking that if you really want it, you'll pay. But if you don't, because you're scared off of the number, now he has a few extra minutes to chill. Well, yeah, on the commission. Now, now on the other side of things, I still do. You know, I do an average of about you know, between 50 and 70, like, head sketches per weekend. So, mm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely there on the grind and making yeah, sure definitely. that everybody, everybody who wants to go home with something gets to go home with something. But on the bigger stuff, you know, like, like sitting, it, it's tough on the spot to, at a convention to, to, like, do a thumbnail and lay out and do a composition and, mm-hmm. like, figure out a narrative and all that stuff. So sometimes it's just easier just to be like, you know what? I, well, pl- I, well, and as a consumer of commissions, like I, I, I must prefer. I almost never these days. I mean, back in the day when I was first getting into what I did, but now, I mean, if if I haven't pre-ordered it, right, you know, like I won't do it because even if they're really willing to, I mean, chances are. And again, this is for people like that. I would say are quote unquote well known, right? So that you're likely to be busy with lots of like signing requests during the whole weekend. It's just from a consumer point, it's it's tough for me to think that you're gonna. Even if you intend to, that you're going to be able to give it your all, right? Because it's like, yeah, people how many like fifty Simon times a, during the thing you're going to, you're, yeah, your 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 uh, your focus is going to be drawn away when everyone comes up for a signing or to say hello or to talk to you, and so you're not going to really be able to put your time in on it anyway, you know? No, it's crazy, and each year gets a little bit more bizarre because each year I have you know between eight and ten more issues out, so you know th- th- there are times where I will do two lines and then literally have somebody come up with forty seven single issues to sign so it's it's very tough to kind of keep getting in that that rotation so i just kind of try to keep it a little bit more simple and that way um i can i i'm not as stressed like people used to come up to my table and by middle saturday i'd be so stressed that i probably came off as a dick more than i probably should have because i was just so underwater um and and i mean you know the 10 years of doing conventions now you kind of 
you, you, you figure out your game, your hustle, and you're like, all right, I know exactly what I'm capable of getting done so I can have a conversation with almost anybody who comes up to the table. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what? Speaking of covers, I saw the variant you did. Dude, to, uh, like, save it for what? the show. Yeah, can we? This is the show. No, it is. Mind the Gap number three, dude, was crazy. The the hilariously titled Mind the Gap, right? (laughs) I I have this love hate relationship with Scotty because, damn, I love your stuff, but I can't stand you because you're so freaking good. Yeah. You know, once I I met, um, when I first met uh, Adam Hughes years ago, I think it was at a a Baltimore con in 2004 or something like that. He said we were. We ended up drawing in a in a hotel lobby. Me, him, and Josh Middleton, Mike Hawthorne, After a couple parties, people. the hotel lobby, y'all. Yeah, and he said he said one the day that you know that you've you're finally achieving something. It's a, it's quite sad because all you have people do is walk up to you and tell you how sick they make you and how much <laughs> they hate you. So it's true. It's like the, the 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 better you feel like you get, the more people actually like verbalize how uh, much they hate you. So I do appreciate it. <laughs> I, I want to eat that moon. It looks like it's made out of delicious cheese, doesn't right? it? I know, dude. There's love some pills up in there. There's and a, a checkerboard pattern. Kills me. I love Tentacles that and a checkerboard pattern. Son yep. of a bitch. All right. Thank you. Three, two. It. Yeah, let's do this. Three, two, one. Eleven o'clock comics, episode two hundred and fifteen. Dude, right? <laughs> They're not going to hear it. They're trying to drop some SEO pops up in here. They're not going to hear it. I want to call him Young Scotty. Don't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? I got a, I, I, I have a feeling that that when Scotty and Casey were getting ready to bring Baxter to the world, that they just, they, they, it sounds like when. Because I never thought of his full name, and I'm like, they just wanted this kid to be like a soap opera star. Just <laughs> Baxter Young. It's like seriously, how? I know, right? Does it kind of? Let's be honest. The kids, the kids, probably. T- I mean, he's a cute kid, but he's destined to be a good-looking kid. Because absolutely, parents, the parents, especially the like, the mom, is pretty attractive. So. She's pretty. She's pretty blazing. She is. Whether or not he's going to be good-looking or not, I will tell you this: he's a giant. Oh really? Oh my God! He's a four-year-old. He looks like a four-year-old. Like he- well, you're a behemoth. Yeah, he's not a small guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like on all the charts. He definitely he is like at the four year old mark. Interesting. It's very weird because he's just two. He's just now two and a half. And when we take him places, like we take him to these open gyms, you know, at kind of gymnastic places, so he can just run and jump and all these things. And and they and they all kind of talk like the people running the place will kind of talk to him like, "Why aren't you listening?" Oh, because they don't know he's two and a half. Yeah, Yeah. and and we're like, he's two. Like, he barely knows what, like, you know, he knows like 27 words. (laughs) You're like, yo, you better raise up. I know. It's funny. He cracks me up, though, man. Yeah, man. Vince, do your thing, buddy. I'm, I'm, yeah, hey, everybody. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. What are we, Hi. Like playing like Dark Side of the Moon? What are you playing? Yeah, <laughs> just fooling around. I, you know what I, I actually did? I had to stop a torrent. I was downloading shit when we were, oh. were starting to record. I forgot <laughs> all about it. Oh, you wanted to nice. read Magneto out of here? How many? Four years on this show, two years in Bullpen Bullens, and you're, you're torrenting stuff at our recording I know. Time. I, know. I like how you just it put was, yourself on Front Street just like that. No, it's yeah. legit. It was, it was legitimate. It's, it's legit, yeah. You want no, to read yeah. No, the, the Humble Bundle stuff, the games. Oh, yeah. that's a good-looking yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but Amnesia freaks me out. I can't download it. it oh, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, it I have no idea what you guys are talking about. 
Hey, everybody. 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B. Yeah, he is. I am uh, I'm, I'm David Price. Oh, yeah. And fresh from a new set of re- reshoots, I am Channing Tatum. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> See, son, even that now just... Yeah, Joe. You, you ain't a potato. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And wait a minute. There's somebody else here. Who is it? And it is not it, it once again on the walkabout, Chris Neesman. It's not so it's not Chris. Uh, although this this person uh ha, is a man of many talents, uh, one of which uh he was actually Chris's one of Chris's podcasting co hosts before we were. Yep. Uh and he's uh he's he's since moved up the the cultural ladder Why and he? uh and become uh an artist and, and writer of, of some renown. He may have a few Eisner Awards on his mantle. I don't know. Do you actually get trophies for that? I don't know. But he certainly won some Eisner Awards. Um, friend of ours and uh, a, a man who probably needs no more introduction other than to say that uh, he is uh, one of Marvel's top dogs and been uh, helming. Guns. Yep. Well, I don't know if he's a young gun anymore, but uh, he's been helming the uh, the amazing Wizard of Oz adaptations for the last few years with Eric Shanower, yep. uh, as well as doing tons of other covers and other work our buddy good friend artist extraordinaire scotty young hello yay you know Fresh when you win an eisner coast well not the you... third close close enough to the third coast though yeah 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 you actually get a uh, one of will's finger bones when you win an eisner you know you get a lot of cool stuff you do get trophies do you? Uh, yeah i have are five... they like ostentatious or they a little small Oh no, they're fantastic. They're really heavy. The <laughs> like the ones you get at Suncoast. This is like best best Hollywood producer. <laughs> it's Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> do you have no, them up on the mantle? Yeah, the way you do up on the uh, actually all four up on the mantle. They're they're actually really Oh look at that. Dude, that was a humble brag if I ever heard one. What <laughs> no, a humble brag. Listen, I, don't I have all four brag, up there. <laughs> I I don't humble brag. My brags are full blown and full effect nice. all the time. And well deserved too. <laughs> that's that's back from your MC days. They are uh, they are really heavy, and the globe spins. Wow! Uh, and and uh, Jim McCann this past year uh, when he won his, we we're at the Marvel party afterwards, and he was just beside himself, and he was spinning it, and so he was, and he was just kept spinning it while we were sitting there talking, and little by little the top screw came undone, and the ball just went flying across so the bar. Funny. Oh shit! <laughs> That's hilarious. But really, the the cool thing is the, the the trophies are cool. But they like last year we got a whole bag of like uh, Will Eisner comics and the Will Eisner documentary. Really? Oh, that was fantastic. So that was actually the get of the the year for me. Nice. Well, welcome, buddy. It's good. I mean, for our longtime listeners, they'll remember you were on uh, as you just reminded us off 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 mic. Uh, whenever the Wolverine movie came out, you were on. So. That was at least three years ago, right? Yeah, so, almost. I would say almost three years ago. Yeah, it's a while yeah. back. So, yeah, yep. you're all grown and, up uh, now. You were you were a you were a wild stallion back then. Now you're a, <laughs> a father and a and a, a, a devoted uh, husband. I guess you're already a husband then, but uh, probably so, newlywed, probably though, right? Well, technically, Casey and I aren't actually married. <laughs> nice, <laughs> oh, uh, common law. Sorry. Yeah, okay. well, we've been we've been together almost twelve years. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we're just lazy. And, uh, uh, no, I think we're heading off to we're going to head off to some Grand Canyon action. I think in October, and uh, and just have some friends out and go to Vegas and ha- hang oh, out nice. and, and finally make it official since it's it's been that way for a long, Dude, long speak, time. You, you, this my father actually eloped, and uh, and I was livid because I 
Called out these best pants. <laughs> he, called, he called me and he's like, oh, I got married. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we went out to Vegas and got married. I'm like, dude, nice. what the F? Yeah. I'm like, we would have yeah. gone out there with you. That was that was so. the reverse of uh, of our families because when we eloped, my, my father was down in the Dominican Republic at the time on vacation, and they came back. And I mean, Renee's brother wasn't too happy with us. My brother was kind of pissed. My father was like, oh, all right, well, I guess we won't go anywhere because Lord knows what will happen next time we decide to take I know, a vacation. Man. So, yeah, I know. That's funny that uh, it, it's it seems like uh, memes kind of like travel in your subconscious. Uh, some like you know they have a way of repeating themselves because just this weekend, friends of ours here in town, uh, we were at our, our beach club doing the barbecue and thing, and they uh, they're uh, they've been together for twenty five years, um, but they're not married. And part of it is because they're I mean, it's a gay couple, so I mean you can understand why they weren't married. For, sure. But they uh, but you know now that they 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 live in the South Beach for for most of the time they were together, and now they're up here. And uh, they're getting married like uh, in two weeks, and uh, it's pretty cool. Like because they were, you know, it's like, but they didn't get married because they didn't really have the opportunity. Now they do, you know. So it's like tw- for it's their they're getting married on their twenty five year anniversary. If that makes That's sense. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty neat. Scotty, I can marry you. Legit, I'm a pastor. Hey, really? Yeah, he's yeah. a pastor. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe we'll just go do it at this Morrison Con situation, I guess. Since I heard you, you guys are doing that that whole shebang. You gonna be there? No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> When is it? When is it? Uh, September, right? Like September, the right? 16th yeah. or something? That, that weekend? Not your no. scene? That's funny. Are you going to be there? No. No. <laughs> Dude, speaking of that, i got to put Burnham on blast. So I haven't heard from Burnham in ages, right? He he emails me a question about the stock market. So I'm like, no, no, that's fine. Like, I know, like, so, you know, I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I wrote him right back. Like, I wrote him back, like, instantly, answered his questions. Nothing. Crickets. Oh, dude. No, you should have said, Jason. You should have said, I'll tell you, uh, for the Bat Cow page. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying, I, you know, I, I help out a friend. I don't, I don't, need, I don't need any uh, kickback. Ah, it's only a trade. That's only fair, right? You give and take. Barter. He, saved, he saved my ass years ago by drawing a Batman for That's true. my Bat- son on the yes. spur of the moment because I would promised him a Batman I had forgotten, so... You also made his career by doing that, so yeah, it's know. true. It's true that Batman. I put it on on. I put it up on uh, comic art fans, and then I think uh, Dan DiDio saw it and was like, "Let's make this guy do Batman and Robin." <laughs> yep. And this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics is brought to you as usual by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge discounts, anywhere from 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. It's that vague area between the time when the previews comes out and the list goes up, so I don't have anything <laughs> to push, uh, unfortunately. But let me tell you, if you want something, you're going to pay less at DCBS than anywhere else. Just go there, dcbservice.com. And if you're a first-time customer, you can enter the following code in the pre-moistened slot. David, what's the code? E O C and the number eight. And what does yeah, that yeah. get you? What does it get you? An extra eight percent. Wow! For the hearing impaired, he said an extra eight percent. That's crazy. It's craziness. DCBService.com. Just go. Take take our word for it. Just go there. Dude. Nice. What do we got? Let's t- let's get some drinks. We got Scotty here. Young, but yeah, yeah we, we got s- drinks too. So. Yeah, we got some drinks. Who's gonna do? Uh, well, I'll start off because I'm sitting here. I'm, I actually have to take a little break in a minute here and go get some more of it because. Uh, because uh, I'm running out, but uh, it's so nice, and I feel like the summer is here because Memorial Day kind of kicks it off. So I'm drinking some uh, Bud Light with lime. Ah, yeah. okay. it's really good, dude. It really is good. I gotta say, like it's no front, no front, and, it, and it's not expensive either. 
It's not. Yeah. What are you drinking, Vince? I'm doing it old school this week. Pepe Max. I was just going to say. Get out of here. Uh, Pepe yeah. Max. They still make that stuff? Straight. Yeah, they do. Straight out of the two-liter bottle. Mm-mm-mm. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I got class. That's what I'm trying to say. I went, yeah. to high school. I went to high school in Tennessee, so you're definitely bringing back some old images of uh, some people around. <laughs> Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. Is that where you're from, Scotty? No, I'm I'm from Illinois originally, but uh, okay. in, around junior, well, around like right before high school, I moved out there. My, that's where my mom's from. Got it. What part of Tennessee? Uh, Bristol. It's a very northeastern tip. Actually, half okay. the city's Virginia, so it's it's a it's a Tennessee Virginia State Street type. Tennessee. Of city. See, when you're from Jersey, like you forget how massive other states are. Yeah. Know? Like to me, like there's nowhere in Jersey someone could be from that I don't really know because it's not it's no more than like an hour away, pretty much. Right. But like, you know, I know like I have a friend from college that was from Murfreesboro in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then I have a, a good buddy that owns football guys that's from lives in Knoxville, and then yeah. there's Memphis. There's the Memphis crew, and like none of them any live anywhere close to each other. It's ridiculous. No, like yeah, I was over in the northeastern tip, was which was only about an hour from Knoxville, so that was kind of our stomping grounds there, and and uh, we we would ha- we just had no idea that the Memphis side of Tennessee existed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, see? it's it's similar to Illinois as well. Because I was going to say Illinois is massive too. It's so. massive. So when you're up here on the north side of Illinois, you have no idea what's what's down on the southern end. Right, because Chris is from is from the southern, right? He's like from yeah. The, Him yeah. and the Casey are actually from the same place. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. It's like a. It's it's. I don't know. It's like a, talk about. Uh, it's like the, a before and after shot for the tourist poster. <laughs> Chris is the before and Casey's the after. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for illustrating that. Now, David. Uh, this is, uh, you know what? I, I saw this wine and I figured I'm, I'm sure he'll somehow claim to be related somehow. Uh, Ravenswood Merlot. That's my, that's my cousin twice removed. There we go. Mm-hmm. It's rather tasty. It's it's my first time trying it, and yeah. I uh, I think I have a uh, a new go to wine. Nice. It's my gra- it's my grand uncle Cleotis's Cleotis <laughs> Cleotis Aloysius Wood. Uh, yep. We call Scotty. him Paul. <laughs> let's let's find out what Scotty's drinking. I actually am drinking, so uh, I'm not really a beer yeah, you're not fan. much of a drinker. Well, yeah, I mean, I drink a little bit more than I used to. Oh, uh, nice. I, yeah, you know. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> See, I'm usually like very foo-foo drinks, like margaritas and anything fruity, uh, just because it tastes so good. And uh, but and I'm not really a big beer fan, but I tried some of this Leinenkugel's Summer Shandy. Oh, dude, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. But it's, it's really it's, good. It's kind of right up my alley because it's very like lemonadey kind of. Yes. Seems so. Um, I'm drinking that, and it has really made me a beer lover. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's real good. I, I drank. I was drinking a bunch of that last summer. So now you're reminding me. I got to go out and get some. Yeah, yeah it, it's it tastes really good. We we like uh, over this past weekend. We I, I grilled out some burgers and and uh, Kate and I was like, you know what? Or Casey bought some kind of like mix at our at our grocery store. You can mix and match a six pack with whatever beers you want. So she kind of got together a little yeah, sample a pack lip. for us. So, uh, yeah, man, I love it. And I, like I said, I'm not really a beer fan. So to find a beer that I actually enjoy drinking is, is a mm-hmm. pretty tall feat. Sweet. I don't really know how the mouth feeler, but, uh, or if it has any, uh, toe funk turnaround or anything of any, nice. any sort of, any sort of terminology <laughs> along with that. That's the hotness. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just plain tastes good. Yep. Nice. That's how it is. Time to right, talk so, uh, comics. So let's do it. Comic talk. Comics. Let, I'm going to go first. Can I go first? You go first. I'm going first. You funny. Show us the so, way. Um, so uh, I want to celebrate free comic book day for a second. Um, oh. Oh. Uh, as we've mentioned on the show already, Dap and I hung out on free comic book day. Vince was supposed to hang out with us, but he blew us off. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, we were at a wild pig convention, and part of our entry was we got to have one each of every free comic, which is awesome, because I have actually never been to a comic book store on free comic book day in my life. Oh, wow. Um, so usually my free comic book experience is limited to the um, five that we get to pick from DCBS. You know, they let us pick five, and they send it to us. Um, but this year, I got every one, so it's been a lot of fun reading through them. Um, and... The one that sort of floored me because it seems so strange, the whole setup of it, is um, by Liquid Comics. And the title is going to sound as generic as possible, and that is Dinosaurs versus Aliens. And what makes it fascinating is that it's – the title is Barry Sonnenfeld, who, for those that don't know, is the uh, director Wait, that's of the – Dynamite, Black- isn't it? What's that? Isn't that from Dynamite? No, it's from Liquid Comics. Um, but Barry Sonnenfeld's the director of the Men in Black movies. Yes. Um, so the title of the book is Barry Sonnenfeld's Dinos- Dinosaurs vs. Aliens. So you're thinking, hmm, I don't know, it's, it's, it's got sketchy. It's, it sounds sketchy. But then it's, you notice in the credits, written by Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know who artwork by Mukesh Singh. He's awesome. Now, Mukesh Singh, if I'm not mistaken, the first oh. time I heard of him was Vince talking about him years ago when he was illustrating those, um, the Virgin, the Indian right. comics, right? Yeah. That's he, two weeks in a row now we said Virgin. He did the, uh, the Jenna Jameson Shadowhunter yeah, book. Right? Oh, yeah, I thought this is the same guy, freaking right? Freaking gorgeous, yeah. And then he mo- more recently did uh, that thing with Grant Morrison, um, the OGN, about the. Uh, yeah, the oh, 180 yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 120, so, 180, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, now this might be something, something. So um, now, to be fair, this is based on what's – this is an idea that, that I believe is going to be turned into a movie. So, you know, Barry Sonnenfeld. But, you know, it's written by Morrison, and it's, 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 it's illustrated by Mukesh, and he is a beast. Oh, yeah. This guy is freaking crazy. So the, the premise is relatively straightforward, but it's cool because, you know, Morrison puts a spin on it. Basically, you're introduced to a bunch of, of dinosaurs of different types – but it's cool because when you're introduced to them, they're um, they're they're not anthropomorphic. They they look as though they would like in all the you know myriad encyclopedias or museums we've seen. But they have war paint on. They have headdresses on. Um, so it's like as if they're more evolved than we ever thought they were. And the an alien race lands on Earth uh, while they're the you know the the, the head species, and you. Morrison does it like the leader of the of the uh, of the dinosaurs is is the narrate, narrator and they're sentient and it's uh, it's pretty I mean you only get I think it's ten or twelve pages you know because it's a free comic book day thing to mm-hmm. introduce the the soon to be released um, limited series but the artwork alone makes it amazing I mean I I really the, because it's Barry Sonnenfeld presents I I wouldn't have given this a second glance frankly in previews um, had I not seen Grant Morrison's name attached but. I'm so glad I, I, I checked this out because it's really got me intrigued. And it's like, it's just awesome. I mean, it kind of gets to that 
that little kid part of you that loves, you know, if you, we all sort of have that little moment of us that love dinosaurs. And he just amps that up to like the nth degree because each of the dinosaurs is, uh, you know, a different, there's, there's the tank, there's the guy that's like the tank and there's the, you know, there's the healer and then there's the tribal leader. And, and it's almost like GI Joe with dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they each have their own little specialty and, and because they're the, the best of the best and the warriors, they have to take on this, these kick-ass aliens who are basically coming to earth to try and, uh, you know, uh, populate our planet because their planet's been you know ready for destroyed and uh the free comic book issue is sweet because not only does it have the story but it has um grant morrison's script uh in the back and it's got a lot of uh like work in progress like model uh like uh you know model sheets and stuff for the dinosaurs from mukesh so it's just it's a great yeah. great free comic book day thing um, you hit on exactly the the reason why i didn't pre-order that because uh the 18 days thing that he did with morrison did with uh mukesh mm-hmm I, it's beautiful. The artwork is is fantastic. I can look at it all day long, but mm-hmm. it's basically um, drawings and text one would kind of get when for like uh, if you're on the opposite end of the table and somebody's making a movie pitch, it looks mm-hmm. like pre-production work for a movie, and it's not comics. So I thought this pair's getting together again. It, the, Chances are kind of good they'll do the same thing. Now, these pages that they reprinted in, in this free comic book day thing, are they comics or are they just illustrations? No, they're totally comics, dude. Oh, they're totally okay, comics. And, that's and in different. fact, it even, um, in the, in the, I don't remember if it was the intro or the, or the end cap, but, uh, Barry Sonnefeld, um, talks about how he, he had had this idea for a long time. And then when he was introduced to Grant, he told Grant, I want you to just create it as a comic. Like, whether we ever make it into anything else is just, irrelevant you know mm, but just make it a comic it. so yeah yeah so it's definitely i mean for anyone that's even a passing grant morrison fan should give this a try but no i thought it was a blast like i said this is something that i would have had almost no likelihood of ordering had i not seen this free comic book day book and now i'm I'm super jazzed about it um yep. mukesh mm-hmm. is just crazy and i don't know if he works digitally or not but um i think so yeah it's beautiful i mean it's it's so so rich um, and he must work digitally because now that I think about it, like he did the whole thing. He, he, he pencils, inks, colors, everything. So, um, it's, it's amazing though. I have to say it's just, it's breathtaking. So, yeah. ah, shit. Uh, if I remember uh. correctly, the forthcoming hardcover was 1999 and, uh, uh yeah, DCBS had it for half price. You could have got it for 9.99 and I didn't uh, order I, it. I ordered it. I must, I must not have ordered it. Damn. It was about two months ago, maybe. Oh, two, I probably didn't ago. then. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool, like, I mean, and the, the characters all have, like, sweet G.I. Oops, mute button, buddy. Totally wrote me in, so. Okay. you That was totally uh, gone. Oh, I see. I thought it was me. Okay. No. Uh, go back. The the uh, Skype was screwing up. We didn't catch any of that, the the last thing you said. The last, yeah. Shit. Where'd he go? Uh-huh. Oh, damn. Oh, we lost oh, Jason. Oh, no. oh. Scotty still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, good, good. Just just thank kidding. God, thank God, I'm not just left with David. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, God, though, I'm I... gonna go run and grab another one of these tasty summer shanties while you guys try to uh, okay. wrangle up your boy. Yep. Go back. God damn Skype! It's just like a speed bump. Whenever we're we're rolling, I gotta decline you, Jason. He's trying to call me. Oh snap! Oh snap! Here we go. So I get him. Snappity do. Hang on, buddy. Damn Skype! There we go. Okay. Shaboopy. Damn old school errors. Yep. Yeah, really. Huh. See, Vince, see Vince you shouldn't have been downloading Torrance. I know. It's all your fault, dude. Of course it is. 
So, so the humble, the humble bundle, Jason, is basically, it's it's uh, it's kind of like the honor system. There's there's like four games cross platform PC, Mac, Linux. Um, you get a fifth one if you donate above the the average donation. But if you if you feel like giving five bucks or twenty five bucks, you get the games and the soundtracks for the games. And um, well, what flat. kind of games are they? Right oh, now, awesome. this, is, this is an indie bundle, and there's um, there's Psychonauts, Super, right? Psychonauts. Is that a, game? a lot of people talk talk pretty sweet about that game. Is it pretty? Oh, pretty, it's it's you, it's Scotty. You would you would love it. The, and it looks the, like the a art, story. the art is is very comparable to your style. Nice. Yes, I think you'd really dig it. And if you get this humble bundle now, you can get Psychonauts. The game is over four gigs, yeah. plus the plus the other four games for like less than seven bucks. Yeah. Where do you get yeah. this at? Just and, uh, on the humblebundle.com? It's it's humble humble bundle indie five, I think it's called. Yeah. And or, you get this you get the damn soundtracks in FLAC yep. and MP3 format, Jake. Yeah. It's so cool the, how they do this. Uh, and it's what it is basically yeah, pay, is pay whatever you want. You get uh it's oh, Scott McCloud's the the micro payments thing that Scott McCloud came up with for comics. It's mm -hmm. applied to games. That's what it is. Yeah. You, you, nice. And you can and, even actually, if you if you want to, if, like if you choose twenty five bucks, you can actually um, decide if you want to give it all to charity, all to the to the developers of the huh. game, or yep. you can you can uh, manipulate the um, the scale and and. Give it like a sixty forty split or whatever you want. That is amazing, really. Oh, that limbo mm -hmm. game is on there. Oh, yeah. And, that and, limbo and game is you, you so get, fresh, you and get, it's su surprisingly yeah. small, uh, bite wise. It's a really tiny game. Well, it's all just, it's all just like black and white silhouetted grayscale. So it's yeah, yeah. it's it probably yeah. saves a lot on the on the on the bulk. The spiders it, freak me I, out. I saw, I saw the. Uh, I was watching the video for Amnesia, and that was freaking me out big time. So I was like, "Yeah, I can't." And these I, are PC games, or are they PC Mac? Mac yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it's oh. not. It's not like for PS3 or Xbox yet. No. I never heard of it before. That's pretty neat. They've. they've you got. You got to do it. And there's a Child's Play charity too. It's yeah. It's 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 a really neat idea. And if you yeah, if you pay more than the average of seven dollars and fifty cents, you get to unlock the game Bastion. Yep. Uh, I mean, it sounds neat. I, I haven't played a computer PC game in ages, but I know. And yeah, well, does it only well last for a certain it. amount of time, or can you go and get the other bundles? No. Oh, I don't know about that. But uh, when you buy a bundle, I think you have um, your like, links are good enough for a year. So if you download them and something happens, like your, your hard drive crashes, you lose all your information, you can go back and re-download the stuff. And but I'm saying you can't like now with this humble bundle you can't no. do like one of the previous ones. No, because this this no. bundle the time remaining for this bundle is just under two weeks. You have 13 days and 21 hours left to get this particular bundle. Okay. Neat. And uh, and they're DRM free, so you can you know you're not locked in. You can actually you know. They give you the damn Steam codes too. Is, is amazing. Yeah. Man. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, if you spend an extra buck, they'll give you the uh, they'll give you the ability to get it on on Steam. And and this way you don't have to worry about I guess what downloading it to your drive or always oh, okay. I, I've never used Steam so I don't know it's the hotness yeah yeah no it's the hotness I mean the dudes at work are talking about it but I've never had the opportunity to uh, if they get me to pony up money it's got to be a good deal yeah you know how damn cheap I am sure. yeah and and they they the first time I bought it I was stunned at the quality and the just the wealth of content that they shoveled your way just for mm -hmm. seven bucks. 
now every time I get the email, there's another bundle. I don't even look at the games. I just go buy it. Oh, really? Yeah, Sorry. it's it's a blind purchase. I just bang whatever it is. I haven't done one with games yet, but I've done it for like um, I've gotten like I think Mariner Writer, and I mean I've done it for like utilities for. Uh, so for, so how for, how often do they offer these? Like, what is it? Um, I, I this is I've let's see three or four in about since I've been buying them maybe a year maybe a little bit more I I haven't yeah been taken, I think a little bit more near huh. yeah. great stuff Scott uh, Jason you'd love them that's pretty neat huh I, this is, is, what is, what's the risk when you when you do the math it's like what a buck right. and change a game or or maybe two bucks all right back to the comics people are gonna yes. be bitching so <laughs> Jason has to finish what he was saying that's oh right. how, when did you lose me. The last chunk right of uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just saying that that I, I just it was really cool because like the 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 dinosaurs even have like cool nicknames like Titan is the Brontosaurus and like there's like Shatterhorn is the Triceratops with so he's got like one of his horns is broken. Um, just you know, it was it was just really dope. Like I said, it's it looks like a lot of fun and um, it's one of those things where you probably can't judge a book by its cover. I I think if they were really just trying to to sell it as a comic, they would have been better off to not have the. Barry Sonnenfeld presents, yeah. you know, in the, in the cover. Because um, I would imagine that's probably going to steer people away from it a little bit, which is unfair this time. Although they could have, I guess they were anticipating a tie-in maybe because Men in Black opened last week. And I mean, what right. you want to say, fortunately or unfortunately, but it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there is a connection there. So I guess it, it just, it kind of like, you know, Leonard Nimoy's, Techno comics and stuff like so you know it's yeah it's primordial. Right. I'm just thinking like I'm sure they were thinking it'll help expand the audience, but I just I guess from my experience it seems like you know um, it kind of I, I was I was leery because it it reminded me like the radicals type of thing you know oh. what I mean it's just like I was worried it was just going to base like Vince said it was going to be I was going to open it up and it was going to be basically storyboards for a movie they're trying to get done and then, you know? so is it I mean does it will the graphic novel say Barry Sonnenfeld's I, I assume. I mean, it, it seems like it's all part of the same cover plate. Because you know? I was thinking maybe if if it was just if if, if they just reimage the 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 logo or the cover for Free Comic Book Day, since that hopefully the idea is to get more or different people in your shop. I don't know if the the actual graphic novel, but I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, maybe the graphic novel does say. Yeah, I mean, the they have an image of the graphic novel. No, I don't know if it was the final image, but they have a, a mock-up of the hardcover in the back page to get you, you know, saying coming soon, and it's you know it says Barry Sonnenfeld's Dinosaurs vs. Aliens. So. Okay, but yeah, well, he's probably footing the bill. So, oh, he's definitely footing the bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Well, since um, you know, since Jason mentioned Wild Pig and and yeah, I that was one book I didn't get, and and. Like Jason said, you had the opportunity. You were there early enough. You pre-ordered. You had the ability to pick up one of everything. And and there were some things where, I mean, aside from me having too much crap as it is, and I didn't want to bring home everything, I, I figured if there's something there that didn't quite catch my eye, then then give someone else the opportunity to get it. So I did not leave with that book. One one book I did leave with that I decided to buy is is a. Um, is published by Dark Horse, and it was actually it it came to my attention a few years ago, and I hadn't still hadn't read it until this month. But Scotty mentioned it on Around Comics early mm. on, and 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 it's a um, it's mm. a few people might have heard of it. Uh, it's it's actually a, a European. Oh, I know uh, what you're talking about. And and yeah, and it is it is Black Sad. 
Oh, oh boy. And and it is this is just I mean I was I brought it home and I I just I told Renee to flip through it and and she took it from me and it was weird <laughs> she, she had to give it back to me because Renee is all kindled up there is I mean it, the, having an actual not not just a paper product in her room but 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 a hardback at that and and something that's a little bigger than than the books that she normally would buy pre Kindle um, it just threw off the whole feng shui of, of of the bedroom so she she had to give it back to me but as she's flipping through it she was just i mean it's 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 gorgeous i knew it was gorgeous but there are i'm i'm a big fan huge of of omaha the cat dancer and i i have no problem with animals acting as people and and i i'm not comparing omaha to this because um reed waller's work is while dirty well no it's dirty but it is it's it's uh it's more cartoony than the work in here they they're they're as as weird as it may sound the characters the animals in this are more realistic they 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 their weight the, the way they carry themselves the way they're the way they're shown on these pages whether it, the dude has a rooster for a head or 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 a cat you can you can see or you can imagine a real person in standing that way, posed that way, acting, you know, fighting, and and it's just, I mean, the 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 way the the, the clothes are drawn and and the background. I mean, this is just comic booking done right. I I am absolutely. This is this is definitely getting on the eleven classics on my list. I know that uh, probably isn't new to me for 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 two thousand twelve. But the um, now, that, did you get the um, combined edition? I have the three stories, hardcover, Dark Horse Originals, it says on the back. The one that retails for, for $29.99. Okay, cool. Um, and it's, it's the, uh, it's the, the, the three stories, and it is, it's, it's, um, yeah, and oh, you'll love it, Vince, because it's got a little quote blurb on the cover by Stanley. It's who says, as good as it gets. Who's that? Uh, who's that? <laughs> who's that guy? Um, there is, and I'm, I'm a little weird. Number Day still hasn't read it. Um, and I don't know if Dark Horse actually has this bundled on their digital platform yet, but uh, I, I, as I'm reading it, I read the first story. First story is fantastic with with, with the who done it, who who killed her, and and um, but I got to the second story, and and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how Renee is going to feel about this particular story because that deals with race and. Um, racists and bigots and um i mean it's it's kind of like it it has a real in the heat of the night kind of kind of feel to it but um, did you finish the second one i did finish the second one yeah. i finished i finished the third one this afternoon i had oh, to okay. finish it before we talked tonight um it was i mean yeah it was it, and and yeah so it's in it's in the heat of the night kind of mixed in with chinatown a little bit there's um it's it goes in a different it goes in in a direction that i i wasn't expecting but it 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 wasn't. I didn't feel like it was put in there for shock value or oh my god, how do I top this? It just it fit. It all just kind of made sense to me. Um, but I mean, I, I I absolutely adore Weekly. I, I think he's a great character. Um, I love the little the little images that the um, now now is um, did Guarnido uh, is is he the artist or is he the writer? What's the what's the two names? It's uh, Juan Diaz Canales and uh, is it 
Yeah, he he's the writer, I believe. Okay, all right. So the second, all right. So so uh, Bornino is is the artist, and I mean, it is just it's actually when when I yeah when I get to the end, it it has you know the authors, but um, so yeah, so one was born in Madrid, one was born in uh, in 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 a small Spanish town, and um, there's definitely a, a Disney feel to it. Well, yeah, he I, I believe that he worked for Disney uh, in his country for a while or in France or somewhere. I know that he worked for Disney at some point. He did. He did. He did some layout work for a goofy movie, the hunchback. So yeah, so he definitely has uh, Disney on, on his resume. Uh, he also did some work for, um, uh, the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, the television. Really? Yeah. The television show adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and the pink. Panther. Um, so, so yeah, so, uh, Guarnito is is the artist, and it's just. I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see how he would do a, a comic with 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 humans. I just I don't want to, but I don't want to like kind of lose the illusion. I love the animals aspect of this, and 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 John Blacksad is is a private detective or an investigator, and and uh, he um it, it in the in the Sam Spade Marlowe Humphrey Bogart character kind of um kind of kind of vain and the, the the characters he meets he comes across are definitely not um not likable characters or at least the 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 bad guys of the stories aren't uh, are definitely there there isn't really there aren't too many shades of gray in these stories um but it is it is absolutely gorgeous if if you if you get your hands on it please do so i mean it's they don't um they're not they're not modern day stories. They're they they take place in in the forties to fifties, and um, I believe this summer there is a a new story coming out. Um, yeah, Star mm-hmm. Wars there is. Publishing. It's um, but this this was it was something that I knew I had to have, and and you know I I am kind of sorry I waited this long, but it it definitely was worth the wait. I I am not. It's it's and it's also a book that I will go back to i mean just just even if i don't read the stories again i just i will just soak mm-hmm. in the art i mean the, the i was gonna say you you the um sometimes i worry that you know we we're all prone to hyperbole by saying like oh whenever we say something like it's great or the art but the art in this is exceptional I mean, there's absolutely is. nothing yeah. lazy about it i mean even no, it's, no. It's, ridiculous. It's, it's 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 um it's one of those times where when you look through it it you almost want to be mad at it because it really <laughs> ruins almost every other comic you'll read after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not because the people aren't talented at what they do. It's just that um, you all of a sudden see that everybody else doing this is cheating. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's no stone unturned in any panel that he, yeah, that right. he works on. That's a and really you, good way to put it. It is. I mean, just every yeah. single corner of that yeah. book. I mean, every background yeah. Every scene, every camera angle is thought out. It, I don't know. It, it, in the hardcover, they have the making of, right? Like in the yeah, back? They um, are. Um, let's see. There's. Um, because I had, all the, I had all the issues before, like years and years before they actually did this collection a couple years ago. And there was one called uh, The Sketch Files. And they just put out. It was an entire making of uh, after the first two. Um, and. If you just look at that, like he would go through and do full painting prelims three or four times <laughs> before doing the panel on the page. So, like every one of these pages exists, probably you know, 
in in little pieces or different forms on different pieces of paper probably four or five times over it's insane there's uh, it, i mean in the first story alone you have you you have um there's an area rug and and he doesn't it's not like he just kind of half asses it and draws like you know just a couple of corners and leaves the middle blank i mean he there's there there's shadows and 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 there's there's uh a pattern on the area rug when you when you cut to his office there's papers and clutter everywhere oh that desk is amazing it it is insane his desk is crazy because his desk looks like a desk of a man who's had a desk for 35 years and has keeps adding to it yeah just keeps adding to it and and there's i I I don't have the book in front of me and i haven't looked in that book in probably a year but i will tell you what in that I, i believe it's the first story there's that one really big block panel of mm. I think it's like a library office. Uh you'll know what I'm talking about. Like they walk in, it has like it has like the kind of like five, six o'clock in the evening light shining through the giant like uh floor to ceiling windows and it's kind of in a like a library of a mansion or something like that that he goes to. And just that it has like a little room and then a few steps up to the corner where all the bookcases are. And you're looking at this. Yes. And, yeah and the lizard is talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're just you're just thinking like I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Like, it really, I mean, it just ruins so many things for you. you, you like, and you, I mean, obviously, you got to remember that, you know, everybody else doing this does this monthly, and he, you know, he does these once a year, or if, right, if not, right. you know, takes more time to do that. But still, you're, you just get lost in this. It, well, it's the closest thing that I've ever seen to somebody putting an actual movie on paper. That's what I was going to say. You know, it, it almost looks like, um, like the movies you'd see, um, by like that would be like you know like of the heavy metal vein or something you know, but like the animated for you know like it's like mm-hmm. it's so it really it, it it like I was gonna say that it looks like like you're you're instead of instead of reading a comic that you're looking at at screen caps from a really awesome animated movie, but I don't I didn't I didn't want to go there because I I don't want it to convey that it's not a really solid sequential comic book like it's it's. It, it, I don't, you know, and sometimes yeah. like I, so I don't want to convey that it, it, it feels like something, and it, 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 it's got a quality of animation, but it's, it's definitely well put together. Well, yeah, a- and you, you get it gets you lost in the in the world when you walk into that bar with like the lizards, like that old alligator playing pool or whatever, and you're just like, you feel like like if you stare at that panel long enough, the smoke might start moving from one of their cigarettes, or mm-hmm. you know, like you almost are like. What's what's wrong? My book's broken. It's not moving. It's supposed to be moving. You know, <laughs> you, you really get fooled, and, and, and the illusion really kind of sucks you in. And that's that's a rare quality in, yeah. in books. You know, that's not something. I mean, that's something I think probably we all want to achieve, and very, 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 very few of us will ever achieve uh, yeah. that. I was going to ask you. I mean, just hearing you talk about this, I often wonder, like. And I don't know. You you probably talk to other artists a lot more about this kind of thing. But like, do you to you or do any of your buddies ever think about what it would be like to attempt like animation? You know, just to see that next level, like to see your your imagery, you know, come alive in that third dimension. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had I've had it happen a little bit just because I've worked in in animation development for for mm-hmm. a while. So I've done background. Like I did a lot of background characters for a couple episodes of. Uh, was it Le- uh, Legion of Superheroes when that when that show was on? Oh, uh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. So I did a lot of like kind of the background aliens and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it definitely is cool. And when I was when I was first starting off, or or even before I got into comics, I thought like 
before I understood how to, I, I mean, I didn't know how to get a job in comics. So I thought, well, I'll just, I'll go do animation. That seems like a thing, you know, you can go to mm-hmm. college for that or whatever. Um, and now that I've worked in that field and, you know, know people who run shows and ha- have worked on shows, I would never be able to, <laughs> that's just a crazy job. Oh, really? But, oh my, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, the actual animating of it, I mean, d- designing characters for it, it, it is something I feel when I went and did that, like did a lot of character design, it taught me a lot because it teaches you, um, it teaches you subtraction. Like most of my job was me drawing things and then them sending things back to me with circles and saying, get rid of this line and get rid of that line. And it really teaches you an economy, mm-hmm. uh, because everything needs to move and everything like that. So, um, but you know, things like this, now it's different too. Cause television animation is a lot different. I would, I would take black sad and kind of throw that into a little bit more of what they think about moving into film animation. And in that way, like when, when you look at this, when you look at these black sad books and, and this is what I've, I've attempted to try to convey in, in comics and it's, it's tough when you're doing a monthly, but they, they, uh, he understands that movement and mass equation, which is something that isn't really thought about a lot in comics because we think about muscles a lot and we only think about muscle construction and, and, and how anatomy works. But uh, the real secret of it, I think, is, is how gravity and movement affects mass. And Black Sad just every time somebody moves like when he that owns that oh man when that lizard gets shot he's like yes over that couch yes right? and mm-hmm. yeah and you, and then that you feel the weight of his neck is bent in the way that it would be bent if he you know his body yeah. had no life in it and it feels heavy uh i don't know i mean and then you, and then, you, then, you then you turn uh, the page and you get that full page of of the a bird's eye view of the room with the uh, lizard with 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 black set on the couch and yeah. it's just I mean, and it's it's oh my god! Yeah, he, he when he sticks the gun down the guy's throat and like you, you you know you like you could you can almost sort of sense the guy like choking on the gun barrel like it's yes. you know what I mean like it's not just like a, it's not an image it's it's an experience you know yeah well and the um, same thing when you get to the to the end or even the next one when you have like the polar bear you have that polar bear in a suit and a sweater yes! and like and you feel the mass of his neck like. Yeah kind of being pushed up out like what would like i like that he thinks like what would happen like i have a saint bernard right and you put a collar like on her neck and all of a sudden the whole the the whole mass of her changes because you know her fur and and the kind of extra dangling fat kind of needs somewhere to go yeah and he got that out of in the drawing it's like i'm not just gonna put uh like clothes on this polar bear and have a head coming straight out like straight lines you could almost feel a little bit of that pinching that you would have if Mm -hmm. you put that around something that had a layer of fur (laughs) and you're just like uh, like like vince said earlier like i hate you motherfucker like (laughs) i hate you (laughs) and 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 on and and about that second story that was the other thing where i mean it's not just because it's about race but huck looks just like Nanook. And mm-hmm. and for for, oh, for, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. The, for the bad guy to look like our dog would That's would, cute. would crush Renee. And <laughs> and it's just it's but I mean and 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 he is he is a master of expression. When, yeah, for sure. When exactly. Someone gets surprised or stunned or like you said, you know, the gun down your throat or or it's just it's if if a shot rings out and Black Sad wasn't expecting it, you just you see him and 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 he He's not fearless. He's not. He he doesn't think he's indestructible. And 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 he has to. I mean, obviously he gets he gets punched. He gets beat up. He gets run through the ringer in all three stories. But he doesn't. He 
he gets he gets surprised. There are times where he doesn't expect something, and he needs to he um he's scrambling to make sure he can survive this. And and it's just there are there there are very human aspects to these animal characters, and and it's just it's, see, see to get that in a human face is difficult enough. People go their entire yes. careers and never mm-hmm. never oh. manage to eke some kind of. Life. Genuine emotion out of yeah. out of, out of yeah. line, but yeah. to apply it to an animal face and different yeah. animals. I mean, it's, it's not like it's insane. Well, yeah. You know, and, and this has me thinking too. You know, I, I'm I'm going to presume most people that are listening are familiar with with Scotty's style. Like, but I guess I shouldn't presume that everyone is. But but you know, one of the things I, I'm always curious about, and you know, Vince, you you can speak to this too as an, as a as an artist. Like, do you think that having sort of I don't a non like a, a, you can say like a, I'm not offended by it. Yeah, well, no, no. Well, I don't even. I just mean like right, like non photo, re- you know, because we seem to be in this world where at yeah. least a good chunk of the of the comics industry is very photorealistic. Um, do you think though that like it's easier to convey sense of motion and expression and animation and exaggeration when you are you know when you when you're willing and able to go off the realistic grid i mean it feels to me as a as a consumer of art that it is be, or, or i should say that yeah. the, the art that resonates with me more is the the stuff that isn't purely realistic but you know that's I mean, one of my you know jim chung and alan davis are two of my favorite artists ever and right. i wouldn't say they're cartoony per se but but that you right. know but there's enough they're, they're also not you know using poser you know what i mean like so yeah um, thank god um, <laughs> The thing is, is, is like, I kind of have always operated under, like, I didn't go to art school or college of, of, of any sort. So I spent a lot of time in side of, uh, like Disney's making of books, you know, like making of Beauty and the Beast and making of Mulan and making of Tarzan. So these were all kind of my college. Um, and what you kind of learn after you read all this stuff and, and kind of jump in that animated world is you learn that, uh, in animation, like more is more. Right, like uh, in in film and acting, they always drill it into your head. Like less is more, less is more. Like hold it back, you know, convey it with subtlety. Well, in in, in animation, more is more. So voice acting, you want to go what you think you do and go tenth past that because it, you have to. You you're, you're you need to oversell to get people to to come into your world. And I think we need to we. I, I, I'm just of the school of thought, not that it's a rule, but that you have to go even further in comics because we really don't have the benefit of movement. Right. And so, so I think when you, when, if you, it, I know if just for me, if I restrict myself to, to more realistic, uh, parameters, I feel trapped a little bit because I know that if I, the, by, by, uh, Abiding by those rules, the mouth can only open so big. Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to sell somebody's happiness because of my style, I have the ability to literally take their entire head and make it a mouth. And because I've let that go everywhere, you believe it when I do it. And it's the same thing I think that he achieves in Black Sad is he sells you he sells you a product so early on that by the middle of that first story, you don't even know you're reading animals. You just you're yeah. you're in it. And I think that's what it is, is no matter what rules that you set for yourself, I think that if you sell it well at the beginning, then you can kind of do whatever you want throughout it. So I, I do think that being a little bit more of I guess a cartoonist allows you that freedom to be a little bit more expressive in, a, I don't know, an abstract sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah. and and I feel comfortable with that because I again I, I'm able to take any kind of emotion and play it up times ten fifteen and really bring it home you know and and in the times where I've tried to pull back in my life and that was much earlier or certain jobs I just feel completely lost and right. I don't have, and, and 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 you know what and. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, like this is all a 100% conscious choice. I'm also just not good at that. Like, uh, like if you were to ask me to do a, a portrait of your family, I just say no, because I'm literally terrible at it. You know, I just, I, I, I don't see things like that. And I, th- I think the art is a lot of times just life interpreted through, you know, the way that we interpret it. And just like, you know, a singer interprets their thoughts through the way that they sing or their voice or their, their musical style or whatever. I think it's the same thing, and and I'm you know I, I'm very happy with my style and, and the way that I draw, but it really is just that way because that's all I'm that's what I'm good at. The, I'm just not good at that other thing, which like you said, there are other other guys that I think that definitely are, you know, if you take a guy like Stuart Eminem, who he's just kind of all over the map. He can be super cartoony and over expressive. He can that's be more example, realistic. Yeah. You know, he's kind of well versed in all of it. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I do find like. When you were able to, and you know, I even think Blacksad skirts that line too. He almost, I know this is going to sound weird, but he almost reminds me a little bit of what maybe even a J. Scott Campbell brought to to comics when he was doing more stories. You know, Jeff was a guy who um, got everything right. You know what I mean? But he always blew it out a little bit, so it always mm-hmm. had a cartoony, mm-hmm. stretchy. You know, he had that squash, squash and stretch kind of animation rule going on at all times, but he did that within the realms of, of you know, slightly realistic. And I think that's what you, you see in, you know, like if you saw Tangled, Disney's Tangled, which is a big hit in, in our house yes, right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's very much that. Like it's cartoony, but you also see it as being real for some reason. And it skirts that line just enough to where it it's not over real. It's not Uncanny Valley style, but it's also not, you know, Phineas and Ferb, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can add to that a little. Yeah. Uh, all, all drawing is uh, abstraction and exaggeration to begin with. When when you're converting a three-dimensional form into flat two-dimensional lines, you have to exaggerate. Like w- what Scotty says to sell the emotion, if you would render the facial features the way they work in the real world, it, it would be underwhelming. You'd, you'll never get the same... Um, impact of the emotion because the human face just only has so much there's a limit to to the amount of even, even if you're you're screaming your you know your lungs out your face can only do so much mm-hmm. to get that the reader convinced that this person is in pain or screaming or crying you have to push it beyond what the face can do even even the 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 realists you you may not notice it because it's within the bounds of of realism, but they push it. They have to push it uh, beyond the realms. It's it's subtle, but it's there, right? So w- what Scotty was saying about um, going ten times over the line in, in Black Sad, yeah, it's and but it's it's really mesmerizing because it's a combination of what we know faces do on human beings, but applied to faces that show zero emotion mm-hmm. like a like a dog how do you make a dog smile convincingly yeah, yeah. dogs don't yeah. smile yeah I've, I've never seen a dog smile oh, i've seen a dog growl it's, right it's, but yeah. but but to apply the muscles on our faces to a dog's muscles and keep it within the structure of a dog's head 
I would think that would that would be an impossible task, but and he then, makes it look but, so easy. And may, maybe it's because of the ears, the eyes. I mean, you're able to. I mean, when when well, yeah, when Black Sad is is startled when a gun goes off, and or or he tries to, if if something startles him, he can put his ears down, and and right. you know. So I mean, it's that, that helps a little bit. But you're right. I mean, you have and and that's the thing, though. I mean, when you're with, with J. Scott Campbell, if if he's drawing the the girls of Danger Girl. They all have. They're pretty much all skinny white chicks. So, so they have the same the, the same kind of body and and. Nothing wrong with that. And, no, but it's <laughs> but 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 they're all still human. They're all still female faces. Here you have you have a cat fighting a lizard, fighting a polar bear. Yeah. And 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 so I mean he's got he, he's got to not just do expressions, but and and but he's got to and he draws each animal so damn well. And 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 he's not just drawing animals. He's drawing he's drawing dudes in shirts and ties. And and it's it's. I'm yeah. so impressed by the way it it the, the these characters. I mean, I know I know years ago I was I, I I gave shit to um to Ed Bennis because of how he drew like you know a collared shirt and a tie in an issue of Justice League and and it was just like it it just it, he obviously has never seen a magazine where a dude was wearing a shirt and tie or he's never done one himself and and it just it looked ridiculous and and here you have everybody is, is they're they're wearing clothes and and just it. It works, and it does, and, and it also just reminds me of of when when Renee and I will watch you know Turner Classic movies over the weekend, and and we're watching these these gangsters or, or, or these mob movies from the 30s and 40s, and 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 William Powell or Edward G. Robinson and Humphrey Bogart, and they're all dressed wearing these clothes, and and even and you know it's there are this isn't yes there are animals. And 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 I did mention Omaha the Cat Dance for a reason is because this isn't and and yes the artist did do work for Disney and other kids friendly shows this is not a kid friendly book no and, no and I mean there are there are sex scenes and they still it's it, but and it's not like okay this is where I'm going to show you know it's like some nipple and and even even when you do see even when you do see a naked lady it's not like she's just standing there naked I mean you know there's still there's they they still act as if you know you were with somebody and and it's just it it's just it feels natural it just it works and and it's yes there are animals but the stories are still it's not like it, you're not you know like, like Scotty said after a while you forget you know these are animals and you're still the stories are just so well told and That's everything else right going there. around it really is it's just it's it's you know he's driving his car and 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 there are you know there's just there are things going on that it just happens to be a world filled with animals but well, I think there's a, there's another thing that he does that's magic that I think goes underneath the surface that we don't see, and I think that's that's a a real strength is that um, where in um, a story with just humans, mm -hmm. the writer might be stuck saying like, oh, you know, this is the boss man. The boss man's had a rough life, and he's this kind of guy, and he's very edgy, and he's dark. Where they so smartly picked the right animal for every yes. single yeah, role. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no there was no exposition ever wasted on mm -hmm. on um meaningless, you know, character development uh because they put, you know, the German shepherd where the German shepherd needed to be. Yep, you're right. They put yeah. the fox where the fox needed to be. Yeah. So they put the kind of animal and that that did so much work because we all have a we all have a bank 
of animals and what that animal is to us. And, and, and some are cliche and some are a little bit more subtle. I mean, when, when, you know, when they're at the school at the end of that episode and there's the deer and yeah, that's a very that's soft kind of, we, we all have like, do we think of deer as maternal? I don't know, but we all know Bambi and we all have Bam, you know, we all have Bambi's mother. So instantly that nice little subtle uh, uh, attention to detail. There's so many little things like that, that they do um, in that book that, that, it carries such a hefty load and, and you don't even know it while you're doing it because you're just like, Oh, this polar bear. Like, you know, the, you know, the <laughs> deal with him, right? Like you just see the way his head and, and we've all seen that, that big giant polar bear walking alone on a glacier. Like I will fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I am, I am no sort of joke. And so as soon as he walks in the room, you're just like, oh, and they don't have to say like, here's the polar bear. The polar bear is known for. <laughs> yeah, daddy, you're you right. Know? You're right. That's and, a good point. And it's and, and it is subtle because whereas as they're actually showing you an animal representing this, this, this person, this character, if they had used the names, if, if they were human characters using the names of the animals as their last name or something, that would be so obvious and so over and, and mm-hmm. just hit you over the head with it. That right, it like, oh, this is Bobby Weasel. You know, right, so. you know, it's like, <laughs> seriously? So, But if you actually draw the little dude looking like a weasel, then that you, guy. Know, you know, you can't trust him. must be Italian. So you just know hey. that, that, you know, it, but it's just, it's... It's a gorgeous book, and it's some I, I definitely recommend it. And, and like I said, I mean, I, Scotty talked about it years ago, and 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 over the years, we've we've had other people mention it, and it's been brought mm-hmm. up. And and no one ever says, "Oh, you read Black Sad? Oh, I'm sorry." Or it's just, I mean, it's it's a book where maybe not everybody's read it yet. Those that have, I don't, I haven't seen anyone say anywhere online, on Twitter, on the forums, any forum where they were like, "Oh, I tried Black Sad," or yep. it was all right. I just it didn't do it for me. It's like I don't, mm-hmm. either, either, and it's, I don't know if it maybe, maybe you're not into the subject matter. Maybe you just don't dig on 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 animals acting like humans. I don't know, but just anybody who has read it, I. Nobody has disliked it, as as far as I can tell. I just yeah, no, exactly, and and I would say too that um, like uh, we, I mean, we we were mentioning the Eisners earlier, but you know, um, Black said uh, won sort of the be- the best in show, if you will, at Angoulême, and um, as did the Pinocchio book, which by Winchless, which I talked about a while ago, and it just makes me, you know, so if people are always, I know there's people out there like like Tim Rackrich that you know. When the nominations for Eisner's committee buys them all and reads them, like if if like, don't sleep on Angoulême award winners because I, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a book that wins uh, one of the big awards Angoulême that isn't like mind blowing. So yeah. yeah, for all you you folk out there who like to sort of you know if you're picking and choosing you know don't just uh, limit yourself to the U.S. awards but yeah, yeah, give, yeah. give a look to the Angoulême award winners each year because it's and, and again years ago you you know that might have meant having to buy an import and then just look at the art and not be able to read it so I understand your hesitation but these days it seems pretty much the majority of this stuff because you know it's a different world now is getting uh, you know so- sooner rather than later getting translated into a, into an English version so um, you know just, just, just something to think about yeah hey let's steer it in Scotty's direction let's and see what he's digging on, man, yeah, do, on you, a- do you still read comics Scotty? Yeah, man, I read a lot. I of just them. make them. I don't. Yeah, I, can, I can't hear you, buddy. Are you on the barrel? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I uh, I switched over. I, I I didn't realize that I had my actual laptop mic. Uh, so I switched over to my 
little snowball situation. So, nice. is it, can you guys still hear me? All right? Sounds yeah. sound really great. nice. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice. Um, I, no, I actually read a lot of comics. I mean, like, I, I'm still one of the, you know, I'm still of that group that got into comics late. So there's still like tons of stuff from over the years that you know I've not read, and so I will mm-hmm. dip in and in and out. But um, do you get Marvel comps? Do they, do they still do comps? No, Marvel hasn't done comps in a long time, at least oh. not for me, uh, which is okay because uh, I don't need that many comics mm-hmm. laying around. Um, uh, I've just been on a real late, like lately, I've been on a real all over the place kick. <laughs> I feel like I'm diving into something different every night. Um, but this past couple of weeks, I have been like really knee deep in like kind of anthology mini comic yes. collections like i have fallen in love and a lot of this was has to do with me and kind of like me trying to figure out my game plan on 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 my own projects uh on the side and and so i have been going back over all my old uh like dave croslin and jim my food stuff oh yeah Cool. Uh, this, this past couple weeks that and um there's a book well dave croslin and a friend of his debbie i think debbie's actually a guy um i could be completely wrong about that but um i think it is a guy anyway they have a book called slop mm-hmm. and i think it's a it's a it's a it's a collection of a mini co- you know some mini comics that they put out and it's just your typical kind of indie anthology except it has dave croslin who is a monster um he's he's one of those guys that i think if you know him you absolutely know him, and if you don't, once you once you actually check him out, you will wonder why you've missed him uh, all these years. Yeah, I I, um, I I had actually commissioned something from him uh, uh, last year, um, and then uh, something happened, and he just you know he was behind, and so we haven't hooked it up. But yeah, I, he's pretty sick actually. He's amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. He he's in that kind of indie hip hop kind of uh, culture uh, style of art, which is really fantastic. So I've been reading that, and I've been reading um, some of Jim's old stupid comics collections and forty ounce comics collections. And then um, there's there's two volumes of something that I don't know if 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 everybody knows. Um, look it up on my iPad while we're talking, but it's called the Anthology Project. Have you guys ever heard of that? Why does it sound familiar? No, but it's, it wasn't. It wasn't a Kickstarter thing, was it? There was their volume two. They did it as a Kickstarter. Yes. Okay. Um, in anthology project is uh, there's two volumes of it, and it's edited or it's kind of put together by I want to say uh, Joy Ang. Is that the name? Like here, I have been reading it all, all, but I've just been like looking at the stories and not really paying attention to the people, but. Um, each one's like about, I don't know, two, 200, 200 some pages or more of just short stories in it. The, the caliber of art in it is, um, and the stories will just, uh, floor you. It's, you know, it's, sometimes you go and you pick up an anthology, uh, and it's humongous, right? It has three, 400 pages and you know, there, there might be 20 pages of actual worthwhile material and then you'll just have tons of stuff that you're like eh this, you know it's all right this anthology project is like it, the elite of the elite <laughs> like wow. every story wow. is like painted or you know like it's 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 at every level like the colors are at 
at, at the extreme artistic level. The storytelling, the just the the, the kind of stories that they're telling, uh, it's they're just crazy. I think the anthology pro- the anthologyproject dot com is where they're at, and you can get both volumes there still. Um, they're hard covers. They're little six by nine. How do I covers. know about this? Jesus, I know. Listen, I think because after. Um, Obviously, Black Sad, right? You guys, I said that I'm I'm like a prophet of great books. <laughs> so I, I told the you guys, I, know I, I told you guys about I told Jason about Tale of Sand like a year and a half ago. Oh, You're see, right? Why you got to steal your own thunder? I was going to give you props for that tonight. I was going to say that you introduced me to Ramon. Actually, we had a beer together, you, yep. me, and Ramon at, uh-huh. at the bar, and then you told me to look out for this dude that he was going to be blowing up and i was like all right yeah that's cool and then sure enough now he's like the biggest thing in comics he's a so i was gonna ask you who the next ramon perez is but go ahead do your thing <sighs> yeah i'll have to think about it but this this book is um it's so beautiful it's like and it's the six by nine size you know like the novel size which i'm a real big fan of i love that smaller size um and the, it's a hardcover the 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 graphic design I'm telling you from the from the graphic design to the end papers to everything the quality of the book is is at that level as well where you just feel like I got a thing and this is made by them like it's not a publisher like they published it themselves uh, the first one I think they just did pre-orders and then printed it up on their own and then you know so, so they did it that style and then you know because Kickstarter wasn't a thing yet and then their second volume came out and they did Kickstarter. Um, so those two are fantastic, and and you know there's there's one story in there that has like it's this mother and son, and they kind of live out in this little island, and it's kind of like a fantasy story, and it's watercolored, and, and I don't have the book in front of me; it's at my studio, so I, so I wish I could give the due credit, but um, it the son asks his mother like, you know, it will the moon ever kind of like come close enough to touch? And she's like, you know, kind of says no. So he goes on this. He they have this little pier on their little island. It's just their house is their. It's just this little like floating house, kind of in the middle of the sea. And so this boy starts to build the pier out through the water, and he's slowly like. So he's basically trying to build the pier far enough to touch the moon, um, and he does this through his whole entire life, until he's an old man and is you know watches. Wow. Like and by the time he gets out close enough to actually touch the moon in the water, he realizes that he's too far away. And by the time he gets back, his mother will be gone. Um, you know, because he's 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 that far away from. I mean, there's stories like that, right? There's there's stories about a guy who's going through like the maze and he's looking for the minotaur at the center and he thinks he kills it and then the minotaur. Be, I don't want to ruin it, but there's some heady stuff like that that when you read it, you're just like. Again, it's one of those like you're gonna question everything that you like after it, you know, like, like, ah, oh, why is it everybody fire at this caliber, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just been on a real like short story kick. I feel like we're 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 in this place maybe, and like with with the digital world and and kind of the Kickstarter thing that I think that there's a place for the short stories that maybe there haven't been in a long, long time. Um, you know, cause it, like famously anthologies have not worked on yeah. a business front for, yeah. for a long time. Yep. Um, and, and I can understand that to a degree because you never really know what you're going to get. Um, but you know, I, I like these, you know, my friend Jake Parker just finished a Kickstarter with his short stories that yes. he, yeah. uh, called antler boy and other stories, which, you know, he ended up being like, 
Jake worked at Blue Sky Studios for a long time, uh, for about eight years, which is, you know, they made Horton Here's a Who and the Ice Age movies and Rio. Um, he worked on all those movies. And then he did uh, two volumes of, of, of comic at Scholastic called Missile Mouse. That was his own creation. Um, but in the in the direct market in the comic book world, Jake's Jake's not really a you know a super known guy you know outside of like kind of our, us art heads that have known him since the message board days. Um, but he ends up putting this collection of short stories that were in the flight anthologies and on his website and just different kind of collections over these last eight years. And he raised eighty five thousand yeah, dollars. Mm-hmm. He's he raised he's the third highest earner for comic books on Kickstarter. Um, and I mean, I mean, I'm sure like just dropping the name Jake Parker, even on this, like you guys might be like, well, I know it from that Kickstarter, but I might not have known it before that, you know, um, which is a pretty awesome thing, you know, and it's just short stories, you know, it's stories about Dude, that, little robots. That's the thing, man. I mean, you and I, I mean, I know cause Kickstarter keeps evolving and you know, I know like, uh, we can all follow each other and we do like, so I know you and I have backed a bunch of the same projects recently. Like, yeah. like I'm re- like, you know, I was at a point. Especially when I was writing all those iFanboy articles, where I was like starting to get really bummed about the seemingly impossible odds that uh, you know self, you know, creator-owned comics or indie comics had in sort of making any kind of mark. You know, like it mm-hmm. was really starting to feel like unless you were already a pretty big name, you know, in mainstream, um, you were only doing it for the love. You you yep. weren't you really weren't going to be able to pay your rent. You know, and uh, I I really feel like Kickstarter is uh you know and who knows where it's going to go from here, but it's it's still nascent. But I just I, you know I'm I'm on there almost every day now checking it's it out. Awesome. And, and and I feel like uh there's really a pretty robust opportunity now because I'm seeing a lot of things getting funded like small things you know things with people that really have no no publishing history whatsoever. I mean, they're basically getting funded for putting up a two minute video and some spec stuff and they're getting, you know, three, four, five grand to publish their book. And that's incredible. I mean, that's, that's, uh, so I'm really, you know, and again, this is a question to you more as because you're a creator, but I'm really excited about what Kickstarter has started to become for, for comics publishing. I, I, think I mean, it, I can't, I can't wait to, I can't wait for this next year for some of us. I mean, because a lot of, like Jake was a big, you know, being a good buddy of mine. Like I had watched other people that have had web comics, for, you know, that order the stick had been a web comic for you know, ten sure. years and, they, and it raised a million dollars. Bucks, yeah. Um, which, but you go, hey, they, they, he's been building a readership for that long, and if, you know, of course they're going to back him, you know. Um, but Jake was the first person that I've known personally. You know, like a re- like a close friend of mine. So I was almost on the phone with him every day, and he, he was just going, "Can you believe this? What's happening?" You know. And then he was like, "I really messed up by adding these. Ske- he has like 450 sketches to do. Uh, <laughs> I really did not think about this, you know." Um, but it, I'm really excited because the thing that is happening with it is, it's it's putting it back on the work itself. Yes. Like, yeah. If if you can get the word out, if the word starts to snowball, you really are letting the work speak for you. Because I've also seen people that have a sizable name not bring things Absolutely, in. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that doesn't matter there. It doesn't work the same way. So when you have a guy like Jake, or I've seen I've seen other people that have put out some some projects recently that you know I've never heard of at all that I backed and that they backed way over their project. One of the first people was a couple, a year or two ago was Jason Brubaker. And he was kind of the first person that I understood that I kind of was exposed to Kickstarter from. He has a webcomic called Remind. 
and yeah, he yeah. and he did one for a hardcover and earned you know a decent amount over his 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 goal even though at the time he was completely unknown um and and it but his book was of good quality the artwork was great the story was fun so it's it's taking it's kind of letting people uh walk around that system yes. that that weird barrier of you know i love the retailers and the retailers have been re- obviously really supportive supportive of me over the years but they like a, you know some of them also have very hard they have a very hard decision to make every single month and and whether or not they want to or not they have to make smart decisions for themselves absolutely and, for for and, them there's no margin for error because yeah the direct market is non-returnable so right you know, they, so they, they don't, don't yeah they don't have the benefit of of going Look how great that looks! I'm gonna roll the dice on you know ordering twelve hardcovers, you know, like of this unknown creator. They just don't have that. But this the Kickstarter is giving that that middle ground person who's like they're not a, they're not a, they're not on those top ten books at the big companies, uh, but they're also not at the you know they're also not like just starting out their careers. They're kind of somewhere in that middle ground where we have the opportunity to go like. I'm a pretty well-known guy. I've been at Marvel for 10 years. I, I work on a pretty high-profile book, but I still don't know what kind of uh, numbers would come up on my dice if I rolled it in a creator-owned field simply because I know the market. But I know that this whole Kickstarter thing now has changed the whole idea of that because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I have my little crew, right? Like I have sure. that, that crew of mine that's been with me since 2001 and has grown a little bit. And we're down to have some fun. So uh, this now has, is that perfect way for guys like me or, or, or anybody to say, hey, I know you guys are down with me. Let's, let's have some fun and let's make some products. So, I, man, it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, there's no – I mean, you know, I know for, for – I think probably for all three of us, we – I mean, we first heard of Kickstarter when Steve Bryant did the Athena, Athena Voltaire thing a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of got me to know it. But I mean, I, you know, as I, think, as I think about all the stuff I've backed, I mean, I would say four or five of the things – of the last five or six things I've backed have been anthologies. I did the Antler Boy thing, um, did the, uh, the Smut Peddler, uh, mm-hmm. which is the, you know, the – the uh, well, the smut anthology. Um, I, I did a digestate, which is a food and eating themed uh, anthology. Um, I backed womanthology, you know, which is obviously the which is I think it was number two behind uh, Order of the Stick, and right above the uh, Antler Boy in terms of the most funded comics projects ever. Um, but it's just awesome. Like there's just awesome stuff. I mean, our um, eleven o'clock comics. Our first the the first anthology was a Kickstarter. They they uh, the guys did the second one. They didn't do through Kickstarter. They they did it outside of it, and it was successfully funded too. But I mean, um, it's just amazing, dude. And and that's the thing. Like, I love that it's the ultimate arbiter. I mean, of demand. It's not. There's no guesswork, right? I mean, they they put it out there, mm-hmm. and and if if people have interest, it gets funded. If people don't have interest, it doesn't get funded. You know. Well, and and in cases like Jake, or a lot of the cases for the comic book stuff so far, is it's it's usually for work that's already complete. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're asking you like, "Hey, could you guys pony me up all these thousands of dollars, and then maybe at some point I'll do the work." Uh, and give well, it that to was uh, it's funny you say that because the the one I thought was the most controversial, and and I don't think I got funded at least not the first time was the Tony Harris thing, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and that, yeah. and again you know Tony Harris, well I was gonna say big name but you know a guy certainly well known, well known mm-hmm. guy, um and you know he was asking for what I thought to be a pretty decent chunk of money to Six, basically sixty wasn't it yeah to pay for him to do a book and right. and that again everyone has to make their own choices I didn't I wouldn't back something like that because I'm like well. 
you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pay for, I'm not going to, you know, that's a publisher's job to pay for you, you know, like, but, but, uh, but right. Like if, but if it's something like, like the Daisy Cutter project, mm-hmm. you know, like that's work that came out years ago. Yeah. And then Kazu, you know, he wanted to put it on a hardcover and doesn't have the money for it. So he put it up on Kickstarter. Everybody that's backing it is getting a copy. So yeah. it's like, I'm not, I'm not taking any risk there. I'm basically just ordering the book. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I pledge 25 and, bucks and I'm getting a hardcover. Like there's and no, I think, yeah. And I think the thing that, that people like, that's not really a known thing or, or, or that sometimes people don't realize because, um, you know, uh, from a fan standpoint, when you, when you look at image and, and, and dark horse or any of the kind of creator owned companies, they kind of all think that they're equal, uh, on the publishing front. But if like Jake did 2000, there was 2000 backers. So he's, you know, a little over, so he's going to print up a little over 2000 books. And that's how, like, if you, if he were to put that out through Diane and, and, and 2000 books would have gotten ordered of, of a book that costs, you know, $20, $25 at 200 and some pages. He would have probably owed money. Yeah. Right. Like instead he's going to, you know, he's going to pay for the book, make a, you know, a nice little chunk of change. I mean, he's not going to go buy it, go buy a Bentley or anything like that, but I mean, <laughs> he's not making Scotty Young money, but <laughs> <laughs> I, wish I, I wish, I wish I was making Scotty Young money. I don't know. Those daily sketches sell pretty quick, bro. It's all right. Yeah, it's a nice situation. Gets me through today. I'm waiting um, for you to call me up and tell me you want to invest. Soon, oh, I need to figure oh, out. Oh, soon, see. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but you know, it's like he he made a situation where he put it. You know, he put the risk out. He put it online, or he did this thing, and now he actually will have made money and. The other thing is, like, you know, Jake has, known, Jake has done stuff in, in the publishing world. He did a children's book this year with Michael Chabon that was on the New York Times bestseller list. So he's, 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 he's plugged into the publishing world and the book world. And so what's funny is he did this comic, th- he did the comic book thing on his own through Kickstarter. The number that he raised threw up all types of flags over in that world. So all of a sudden, you know, people from that world are coming over like, hey, yeah. You want to do the the paperback version with us? You know, it's like he. There's a whole nother. So many people are paying attention to this that you know. Again, if you have quality work, it's it's gonna it, it shows. Like you get to cut through all the hype, all the stuff, all the things, right? Like all the bells and whistles that we have in this business right now. It kind of strips all those down and just says, "Is this good?" Yes or no? I'm going to give you some money if it is. You know, yeah. it's, it's I mean, fantastic. And, and I would say, and since we're, I mean, we're obviously gushing about Kickstarter, and I'm really excited about it. I would say the one thing, and this is, uh, I've actually talked to the Kickstarter founders about this uh, in my other walk of life. Um, the one thing that they have to deal with is similar to what eBay had to deal with when they were first getting started, which is that they're not advocates for fulfillment, meaning. They provided this platform, but they're taking no ownership, meaning Kickstarter. Kickstarter's taking no ownership of people doing what they say they're going to do for the money. Right. You know I mean? And so the, 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 ultimate, the ultimate litmus test of whether this, you know, the momentum that's currently underway gets even bigger, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it will, mm-hmm. is that, you know, it really Everybody does delivers. fall on the creators to deliver. 
You know? I, I have said this multiple times. Kickstarter is one class action lawsuit away from being not a thing anymore. <laughs> like that's, and I just hope that doesn't actually happen, right? That's right, and the, that's and that's right, and you're right. It's it, that's less likely to happen, like on the comic side, because you know you're talking about oh, a couple yeah, yeah. Like that. But but right, I mean, you know, what people may not realize is that Kickstarter is really starting to fund some like big things, like yeah, you know, video like technology things and, million, and, yeah. and design things for millions of dollars. And you're right, like you get two hundred thousand people backing like a new watch, and then that watch <laughs> uh-huh. doesn't get shipped to them. Yeah, problems, you know. So yeah, that's what I'm on. saying. Like, so far, so good, though. Like, I mean, I've personally had one or two experiences. I mean, I've backed, you know, I don't know, half a dozen and a half, two dozen projects. I've had one or two experiences where things haven't gone well in terms of like people making good, but you know, that's not a bad hit rate. You know, like I would right. say for the most part, it's been as promised. You know, right. on time, and in the few instances where it wasn't, you know, people were pretty forthright about what was going on. So. Right. Um, that, that's pretty good, you know. I think that's again, if if you're if you're doing something like this, I would like to think if you're backing it, you're doing it with some sense of altruism or or um, or like if, uh, affinity for the the creator as well as the the project. So you you know you're you're more likely to be understanding if there's a delay for some reason, as long as you're kept abreast. You know, like the the issue I've had with one or two times is when people kind of went radio silent, right? Right. You know, and 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 it's like. That's a problem. Like if, if you got if shit's if life's in the way and it's gonna take a while to do what you promised, that's cool, but just be honest about it. But right. but again, that that's been the exception, not the rule. And and but that you know, as as more and more people jump on here and I expect we're gonna see like an exponential increase in, in the projects listed, people gotta deliver, you know. Right. Well if and, I bring it back like if I bring it back to the actual the thing that I'm happiest about it and kind of the thing that kinda of got me off on my Kickstarter rant was the fact that I am able to now like see more anthologies or sh- short story collections uh, mm-hmm. come because that's you're seeing people want that get me so excited because I have a true I'm, I'm and I'm 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 falling in love with them even more so lately uh, falling in love with the short story because I can't predict them uh, like part of me with comics. It, uh, for me personally, just making them for so long is um, there's just a formula, right? Like yeah. you know what's going to happen on page 17 of issue three, almost <laughs> of every right. single book that you're going to uh, read, um, because everything's a five or six issue uh, arc. There's there's a formula there. Uh, there's an act structure always set in place because we're very we're very movie or television show kind of based storytelling now. Everything's kind of arced and seasoned, and and so just by the nature of our business model, everything's become uh, a little bit predictable, which which that I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but when I get in and there's a 15 page story, and I have no idea what I'm getting ready to be in for. Am I gonna, you know, am I getting ready to see like three minutes of this character's life, or am I getting ready to see like in the case of that story I just told you, like, am I getting ready to see 75 years? You know, like uh, I wasn't ready for that. You know, like. I I thought, oh, this is going to be a cute little story about a kid who's going to ask his mom about the moon and there might be a man in the moon. I had no idea he was going to build a pier for the entirety of his life and finally actually touch the moon, you know. Um, so there's there's something very romantic about that to me that um, I can read a whole story and, and – and, 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 um, in three pages or, or in 15 pages or eight pages and I've what I've come to figure out over this last couple of weeks that I've really been diving in into them harder you know in, in the flight anthologies and pop gun and, and and like I said Jim's books and Dave's books and the anthology project is um, I'm almost never disappointed on the ones I choose to read because 
um, I usually am only disappointed when things are added that I feel don't need to be there, right? Like, you know, like uh, probably like the helicarrier scene in the Avengers, right? <laughs> if you just uh, like if you <laughs> if you cut that whole twenty minutes out and then tape the uh, the two ends of that together, like your movie didn't really change. You know, like the story didn't really change. Sometimes that happens with some of the stories or television shows or things that we watch where it's like there's so there's a lot of stuff added for padding because there's a concept or or we, we run on high concepts a lot. So here's a high concept. Now we need to we need to put some stuff in the middle of this high concept that we have a beginning and an end for, um, which a lot of times still works out and is very entertaining. But the thing that I've come to kind of love over the last couple of weeks of diving back into these short stories is I, I get to miss all that kind of extra stuff and it, I'm just like it's like I'm reading the heart of everything and and, and really kind of uh, it's really kind of really hit me in, in a soft spot the last uh, in the last little while mm-hmm. well I know what you mean I mean Andy Schmidt uh, you know does a a thing with Josh Flanagan you know on iFanboy where they like a makes comics podcast mm-hmm. and they talk like each week about a different component of how to you know be in the business whether right. you know just and uh, I remember, and I, I don't know why, I mean, I listen to it just because I'm fascinated with the process, even though I, I don't aspire to, to be a creator. But but uh, I remember Schmidt saying that, like, one of the things, you know, it's much harder in his opinion for, like, writers to make their mark, like, solicit, from soliciting than artists. Because, you know, you guys can bring a portfolio and show your stuff, and then, like, they can kind of see it if you got the chops or not, you know. And, right. uh, and And at the same point in time, like... If someone sends them a script, especially if it's like their own idea, it's kind of they can't even really read it a lot of times because they they, they can't. Then if they ever do something that's kind of like that and it's like innocent, they can still, you know. Mm-hmm. So he was saying it's like harder for writers to to like writers need to kind of like chicken and egg. They need to do something like on their own. They need to make a comic and then mm-hmm. like the, and but what he was saying is that like the heart like what he does when he's looking for new writers as an editor or like when he was working at IDW and stuff is he wants you to to show him like a one or two or three page story mm-hmm. because like the challenge of doing that as an artist or a writer is massively harder than if you have 50 pages, you know, like, because you, you have, like you're saying, you have to have that restraint, Like you have to have a cogent, clear idea and just figure out the essence and then do it. Like it can't, there's no room for, for superfluous, you know, noise. It just has to be it. And you have to hit it out of the park, you know. Yeah, I mean, over the last, you know, over the last four years, I've been doing a lot more writing at Marvel, and 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 for the first couple years of that was just straight up eight pagers for me. Like, I was doing like eight page X Men stories focusing on a character, and uh, you know, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, well, just yeah, that's cool. It's just eight pages." I'm like, these are like the four issue Magneto series that I wrote was so much easier than writing the eight page story <laughs> because you really do have to sit there and work that out and make sure that like you have that solid thing intact and, and, and your reader walks away with something and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but um, it's definitely hard, but yeah, it, 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 if you can achieve it, uh, I could definitely see where that could be a big help on the exposure front. Definitely. Vincent, you've been quiet. Yeah, I'm listening. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're not a Kickstarter guy. No, I am. It's just uh, very selective on uh, what I. Well, I will say you're cheap. You're Vince, cheap. You're, you're Vince, cheap. No, I'm not cheap. <laughs> Vince, I'll tell you this. I have a hard and fast rule that I don't. I I choose not to back anything that is not done, ready to go to print. Um, oh, that's a good rule. Yeah, it that's is. that. That's my rule. I have backed one project that wasn't done. And I'm. It's. I think it's a year later, and there's still, or close to a year later, and there's still nothing from that. So, like, that was my one thing. Where I was like, "Yep, 
that taught me that uh, if they're ready to go to print, and I, you know, again, I don't have to go create like spend some crazy amount. If if I'm gonna give the money that I would be giving to a, a retailer or Amazon for the book, then I'm gonna do it. So that that's kind of my hard fast rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason, I recently funded a Kickstarter project. In fact, Which I got one? the book. I got the book a couple weeks ago. Injury from Alternative Comics. The oh, yeah, 10 May. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's no- right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, number four. It's great. It, it's good stuff. And he drew me the one of the perks of funding the uh, Kickstarter thing. And it was basically just pre-ordering the issue. It was like six bucks, and we'll do a little drawing for you. So uh, in in the uh, fulfillment slot, it says, uh, you know, give me a suggestion what you want. And I just said, sweaty pickle. I don't know why I said sweaty pickle. So so and that's what I got. I, I I got a pickle. It's a little character. It's an anthropomorphic pickle with long, flowing black hair, and he's sweating. And it's awesome. And this is something that that right. you get. You paid for the issue, but it's a nice little bonus. And yeah. that that's this kind of stuff that makes me come come back to to Kickstarter. But it, yeah, I just don't go funding things willy nilly. Well, they, you know, they, yeah, they, they no. got a click, you know. They, um, I mean, I, I some of the things that that I've I've tried to fund are either like Oceanverse because because yeah, Mike yeah. Schwartz is 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 a friend yeah. of the show and 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 it's I I like it and it's it's a book that I could probably you know give to people to read and but then I also have to realize that I'm limited on space and there are a lot of things that I would like to fund I just I but then again you know what I can I can fund it and just and I can just give the money and not expect something well, I was going to say actually quite a few of the things that I've funded like in in recent times one of the tiers is it is a digital copy you know like right it's, yeah and well yeah. um I hate reading I just I funded that yesterday and 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 because I'm going to get the uh the PDF and and an iOS app of of the book so right. you know I mean and and yeah so but there are things where it's like and it's it I I sometimes wonder if if uh, I, I love the video aspect of it because you know you get to get an idea of, of who the person is that's creating this, but then mm-hmm. you know I don't know if sometimes you might it, it might be difficult to separate the art from the artist, and if you don't like the way the person comes across in the video, then you know what? Then I'm just I'm not gonna give you any money. So wow. but it's, it's, no, I'm I'm not saying I do that. I'm saying but because we've, you... we've talked about Burn, we've talked about Miller, we've talked about Sim, we've sure, talked sure. people who you know all giants. All giants, yeah, they're not mentally, but they, um, they, it's, it's how just, about that thing Dave Sim has going on now with the digital cerebrum? They're a little bad. Awesome, that, actually. That is, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I like the idea of it, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Jason where I'm like, I'm not sure. Oh, I, see, what, what, that, what, that rings my bell. No, no, I'm just, yeah, see, no, that's, and that's, well, that's the beauty of Kickstarter, right? Like, that's the wonderful what, thing, Kickstarter. It, it, what it, all, it? All he needs is for X number of people that are Dave Sim hardcore guys to back it, like, and then it's yep. a success. So for me, and I think David, I like that's not my thing. Like, again, just because, like, and this is more about the man. Like, I'm not like reading the whole thing about like, oh, if you pay ten thousand dollars, he'll come near. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? And then, but he'll stay over Sunday on his own. to observe the like, Sabbath. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. Like, you know what I mean? All right, I'm out. No, but, but see, that's part of the attraction for me. Uh, and it's the same. It's the same thing with Frank Miller. The more bug fuck they get, the more I'm drawn to them. And sure, and, and, that's, it, it, and that's what there's a component it, of it that you you can't take away their accomplishments. Dave Sim, Frank Miller, John Byrne. Th- it's three three of the most um, accomplished creators that the medium has ever seen i mean sure. cerebus alone 300 issues of of one yeah. one story it's it's brilliant but they're wacko 
right? And 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 their 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 beliefs and their statements, like like Dave Sim and the whole thing about the 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 Sabbath and and the, the, his his views on women. It's just crazy. It's like a I'm like a moth to the flame when when these guys yeah. come out and they start spewing. They got me. I, I love the oddball. By the way, speaking of uh, oddball, I believe you have something you've been you been wanting to chat about. Yeah, and it's very oddball. This is exactly. the, uh, it's the, uh, almost the textbook definition of oddball. And Scotty, exactly. I'm going to send, I'm going to send you some links right now so you could check out, uh, what I'm talking about right here. Well, I have, Scotty, uh, Scotty went to get another line in Google, it sounds like. That's cool. Oh, no, I was leaning forward, but I, you know what? I am, I was just waiting for a pause to tell you I was going to go do that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, y- you guys, uh, are, know me. I have a, a long, long list of favorite artists, right? But in in that big old pantheon of who, the guys I consider the all-time greats, the the person I'm going to talk about right now, he's pretty close to the top, right? The if, if we want to talk about idiosyncratic styles, uh, like Jack Kirby, you look at his work, you know exactly who who did it because it's it's Jack's personality transferred to the paper. This man uh, out Kirby's Kirby in 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 terms of just a totally unique style that only came from the mind of of one man. Jack's style had had been uh, mimicked and reinterpreted by uh, a, a boatload of of artists over the decades. Uh, some at the behest of Marvel, draw like Jack, right? I don't think there's anybody that that went into comics saying I'm going to draw like this man. At least not not when he was alive. Uh, his, his style speaks of um, spaghetti and meatballs and and melting monsters and and the crazy creepy creatures that go plop uh you know i'm talking about basil wolverton one of the most unique comic book artists uh ever uh i I don't see many guys out there with a style that even comes close to approximating the weirdness that wolverton transferred to paper it's just if if um kirby's uh Creations occupied a universe next to ours. Uh, Wolverton's were light years away. I mean, it, there, there's nothing that even approximates the things he he, he put down on the paper. Uh, and the book that I want to talk about uh, was published in 1987. That's going back a ways by Dark Horse. Scotty it, was called, three years old, that, I think, back then. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, $1.75 cover price. It's all black and white. It's called Basil Wolverton's Planet of Terror. Uh, four short stories. And Scotty was talking about the, the, the difficulty in producing uh, a small-scale tale. All of the stories in this comic are six pages long. That's awesome. It's, re- nice. it's really difficult. There's four of them. Um, I'm just going to say uh, up front so that I don't uh, sound like uh, I take Devil Birds loved it. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Um, and the, the thing that that uh, Wolverton's style to me is is uh, both very compelling and very repulsive. Be, be, there, there's a high strangeness going on here, and and he he does this 
push and pull with me where it simultaneously attracts me because it's so damn oddball. It's so weird. But but he also there there are times, I'll be honest, I, I adore the guy's stuff, but he pushes me away because it's it's almost too much for the human mind to comprehend. Uh, the the just the, the the grotesqueries that he pulls from from his mind and slaps down on the paper they're they're so out of the ordinary uh, and it's it's not just a you know subtle exaggerations the the characters that he conceived are just weird they're they're strange they're, they're, there's you there's almost no relation to them anywhere in 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 our experience they are completely and totally basil wolverton creatures i mean that's that's the best way to say it uh but the, the story i really want to talk about is the lead story in this book it's like i said six pages long it's called planet of terror it was published in 1951 in a, a little comic called journey into unknown worlds number seven and guess who the publisher was what year? In fa 1951. In fact, all of the stories in this comic had to be uh, the permission had to be granted from the the copyright holder. Uh, Mike Richardson couldn't have put this book out if someone at Marvel didn't say, "Okay, we'll give you the the temporary rights to publish these things." Marvel owns these, or did at the time of the publication of this book. Um, it's a really cool story. Very simple. Uh, we it's a story of two men. Uh, the narrator, his his name is Greg, and his buddy Biff Houston, they you know decide to head on out to the planet Saturn. That's what guys do, right? They go to Saturn yeah. to, to to hunt horn Get bears. Get my ring on. We're we're going to Saturn to hunt <laughs> horn bears, right? So so while they're searching for these elusive beasts, the the pair are warned by these bald, big-eared natives that that their their great and terrible god Mokog. Uh, is a vain and, and vengeful deity, and and the the god demands proper tribute. You you better give him his due, or he's going to kill you. Better write your nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, as humans do, right? We're uh, very. Um, we think we know everything, right? So they pass off the creature's claims as superstition. Eh, come on, let's just go get these horned uh, bears. And, and the buddies head to higher ground. But as they do so, they, they come across this uh, plateau with scattered bones all over the place. And uh, some of them are human. And uh, one of the guys says, you know what? Wouldn't it be funny if, if uh, the great explorer Leo Gorman met his end here? Because uh, I guess they're uh, back on Earth. There's uh, Leo was... Uh, uh, a quite uh, legendary figure because he disappeared mm. on one of his his quests, right? So no nobody knows what, way. Nobody knows what happened to him, right? Crackly, 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 crackly. Dick, Dick. <laughs> you know it's so crazy. It's so, uh, Casey and I did the Devil and Me, right? We did it yeah. for a while, six months or so. Whatever, I don't know what the deal was, but whatever Mac we were using, and we got these blue snowballs. Ours did the same thing that Vince's does. Like it would do it randomly out yeah, of nowhere. It's definitely a Mac thing, dude. Um, yeah. And I don't. It was, but it was just the the Macs that we used. I don't know if it was the K. I don't know what happened. Um, but it would do it, and of course, like I always took the. It was, I would get so frustrated, and I always edited it out and made sure that it. That we, by the end, I was just like, I'm so tired of doing this. But ever since I got rid of, like, I got new Macs. I use those same snowballs, and it's never happened ever again. 
But it's so funny every Vince week. Vince has got a new Mac since we've he's had the problem on two machines, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Like, every week I listen and I just almost feel his head exploding. It's, it's a Vince thing. And it's crazy because we waited so long tonight. Like we, we really rambled on a long we time. Did. We we usually yeah. it's like an hour in and it was almost two hours and then he. <laughs> the and as I'm well, I whenever someone says Wolverton and and obviously and this is so different than um than 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 the stories that. Vince is is going to talk about the one image I always think of is from that early issue of Mad Magazine with with the beautiful girl of the month. That that one image that that he drew with this hideous looking creature. That's what I see when I when I hear Wolverton. So so for Vince to send us links for for these for these stories, it's it's practically night and day. You could tell us the same dude, but it's just it's. So different than than the Wolverton that that I'm used to seeing. So I, I once we get rolling again, this is going to be I, I I'm a little pissed that 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 crackly right now. Hey, it, it happens. How am I doing? Oh, you're, you're awesome. You're All right, for great. Go for it. Bring Good. The pain, son. So hey, wouldn't it be funny if these bones here were the bones of Leo Gorman? Ha <laughs> ha. But anyway, so uh, the the natives um, drag the two humans to the uh an audience with mokog and as they do so they're they're accosted by this this gigantic floating head and the demands you gotta bear gifts unto mokog right and and we see the, this gallery of airborne go- grotesqueries um if if uh check out the link there's it's typical wolverton there's a mouth with eyeballs where the tongue should be uh just uh an eyeball with the tentacles coming out of it and it's i could say an eyeball with tentacles coming out of it and you're like yeah that's no big deal but when wolverton did it it's it's repulsive it's mm-hmm. disturbing it's it's just plain creepy and he used a um a very guy had a very linear style not too much solid blacks but when he would go into the the shadowy areas he would uh it's almost like he had a rakish style where he would if you've ever seen scotty knows what i'm talking about like an ink rake uh parallel lines but they would flow with the contour of the the object he was rendering and it it gives it a really cool three-dimensional effect but uh so to make this short story even shorter, uh, much to the shock of the natives, Mokog demands an audience with the with the Earthmen. Never happened before, uh, and uh, what they're greeted by, they thought that this man, this Mokog's going to be a big mother. It's actually this diminutive human with with a mask. See, the the, the person who took uh, the guise of Mokog is uh, duping the natives. It's actually Leo Gorman, the long-lost explorer, and and he set up this ruse where he pretended to be a god. I guess he has um, projectors set up to to do the you know the things in the sky, and, and uh, he 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 trying to pull one over on the natives in order for them to serve him. He he basically threw these characters into slavery, right? And that's that's where this thing gets really odd. Because uh, not knowing that it was a, a human, uh, Biff pulls out his gun and shoots Leo and, and eventually kills him, right? Mm-hmm. So, so here we have a, a weird little story that at the time, 1951, 
uh, most of the stories back then, be they horror or sci-fi, relied on the old tried and true O. Henry turn of the table type ending. But, yep. but this is this is a, a a more subdued, more introspective resolution because you have the humans, right? And they run roughshod over the customs and and beliefs of of these indigenous peoples, right? Uh, fueled by arrogance, that's what humans do. Because they assume that because of their technological superiority, right, they somehow know more about this strange planet than the creatures that actually live on it. But in the end, it's the humans that are the root of the terror in this story. Uh, both the visitors and Leo Gorman, who kind of uh, transplanted uh, native, he, he survives through duplicity. He exploits the cultural fears of these natives, and, and he enslaves them. And this tactic could be applied to many of our present-day institutions, right? But Leo's end is kind of fitting because his comeuppance wasn't delivered at the hands of a strange alien beastie, or, or, but by one of his own. 750 million miles away from Earth, you got this guy set up this nice little uh, ruse on, a, on, a, on Saturn to, to uh, get what he wants out of the natives, and he's killed by a human. And and with a bullet, right? It, it, this crude projectile might as well have been a rock thrown by a caveman. So it, it it's a very very strange ending to to a, to the story. And I guess in a nutshell, what Wolverton's saying is human beings are a pox on the universe. You know, yeah, <laughs> just right, just, right. just avoid them at all costs. And I was really surprised when I came to the ending because I expected, oh, you know, a, a typical ending of the time where you know you had the 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 switch but in usually more often than not it would be of a fantastic nature right like uh another god would come and fight with the big god with with the the god but no it's it's so like it's almost a mundane resolution the guy was a human and he and he was he was pulling one over on the natives it's it's kind of disturbing ending don't you think you expect the fantastic and, and what you're delivered at the end is is anything but I agree, and I think that's the cool thing about these. Uh, you know, you have a soft spot in your heart for for horror comics. And I do, especially genre, you know, older comic horror comics. But I will say that the thing that impresses me the most about the whole genre is the uh, the ability to surprise. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because they're not they're not beholden to like the tropes that I think so much of the stuff we read on a more consistent basis are. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's almost right almost built into the genre, really. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm right there. And, and when yeah. you look at the the mask that uh, Leo wears, the 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 Mokog mask, it, it it has this blank, expressionless stare on it, yeah. and and pretty much a vagina for a mouth, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God bless Wolverton, but uh, I I compare Wolverton to Lovecraft. Uh, obviously, the guys worked in two different areas, but they were both visionaries. Uh, Lovecraft, I mean, uh, Wolverton granted his audience glimpses into worlds we haven't seen the likes of before or since. It's just out and out strange. Like, w look at the, uh, the creatures in the devil birds. That's unsettling. And, and you, you got these creatures that look, they're part snake, part, yeah, bat or, or pterodactyl but they almost have human hair and features on them and mm. i mean that plays into the story right but 
just goddamn disturbing artwork. And uh, in this issue, if you find it in a, in a cheapy bin, by all means, pick it up. It, it is a tour de force. Just artwork, it's stunning artwork, disturbing stories. There's four of them. You get a, uh, a nice, a long text piece in the middle of the book, the Wolverton's Weird World, um, written by Bill Spicer. There's, in the inside back cover, there's an illustration by Basil Son Monty, uh, where he drew uh, an image of uh, his father looking down on his creations. The Space Hawks in there, Powerhouse Peppers in there. But the one of the neatest things about this book, and I didn't even notice it until I was getting into the real detail on the cover, and it's the details minute. Uh, the artist, and I'll I'll leave it at that until uh, I get done talking about this cover, pulled the high points from all of the stories contained in the book you see the uh, floating head of mokog and there's a planet in the foreground with these two really deep pits and uh, they're filled with water and the 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 all the geologic figure uh things on the planet it's a human face there's two caves in the foreground that are nostrils, and there's creatures coming out of the nostrils, and uh, the trees are, are like hair. There's a rocket. There's other planets in the distance that have uh, human-like facial features in it. So I'm looking at the detail on here, really fine lines, and there's some pointillism uh, here and there. The artist uh, that did the cover, and remember, this was done in 1987 after... This uh, writer, who is primarily known for writing, and he's an artist as well, delivered two of his finest works. Alan Moore did the cover. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's really superb. But, I mean, uh, Alan was uh, an artist before he got into writing. Yeah. And you, you could see the, the, that he, at the time, I mean, this is after Watchmen. It's after uh, and and during his Swamp Thing run, but it's just unbelievably well done. They messed up a little bit on the choice of color for the title of Planet of Terror because it kind of blends in a little bit with some of the artwork, and it's not perfect. But get this book; it, it's amazing. And it, uh, I looked on uh, my comic shop; you can get a, a really sharp copy for like four bucks. That's wow. awesome. But in, in the cheapy bins, you're going to find That's where I got it. I think I paid a buck for this. Respect. I, I love me some Wolverton. And the reason why I said things that go plop, if you go back and look at the first, what, 10 or 12 covers of plop, DC's plop, I think uh, Wolverton did a, uh, an, the initial burst, and then Wally Wood did a couple, and they're just mm -hmm. gorgeous covers. It, but by the way, the, the site that you sent us to check out some of the, the art, Mm. It's a wacky. I know. I almost yeah, didn't yeah, send you those links because if uh, for those who can't see listening at home, uh, this blog deals in in pop art, comic book art, and stuff. But for some weird, weird reason, after the dude speaks his piece on comics, and you can read the complete stories for all of the the, the pieces in this book, he puts up cheesecake and 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 yeah. pinup art and and pictures yeah, of naked ladies <laughs> i know yeah. it's like why i'm not complaining it's just yeah. yeah so i almost didn't want to send you that link because i know you'd keep scrolling you'd be like what what <laughs> i'm doing it right now i'm like huh? <laughs> huh what are you still talking there you uh, go yeah I just, uh, if if uh, anybody out there is unfamiliar with the work of basil wolverton google it and just 
beware because it, well, number one, you, if you're older than fifteen, shame on you. Number two, Google it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the guy was a a, a real ma- a master. Um, Scotty, you like Basil stuff? Yeah, he was a Mad Magazine guy, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mad Magazine. I probably. If it, I mean, I was a Mad Magazine person before I knew what superhero or, or comics were. Yeah, me too. Were. Me too. Um, I had a paper route growing up, and my pa- paper route money was basically just Mad Magazine money. Hmm. Um, by the way, paper routes are definitely break all types of like child labor laws. Yeah. I believe. Oh yeah, they do. Oh, at least, they at do. least they did back in the day. Because like, it's funny. My my son asked me actually. Well, one of my sons asked me this weekend, like. Uh, what my first job was, and at first I said oh, I was a busboy, but then I realized like actually that's not accurate. I was a, I was a paperboy for yeah. two years, and I'm like I, I almost don't even consider that because I felt like like you said I was so young that really the job was more my dad's. Like he'd fucking get up every morning with me and help me deliver the route and stuff. Like, oh, it was, I had yeah. no help. I was yeah. up every day at like <laughs> four thirty in the morning. How old was right? you? I was in elementary school. I mean, I was okay. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I mean, I was. Fifth grade, probably. Fifth. I mean, I know that I was so mad because I mean, it was seven days a week. So any kind of like sleepover that I would do at like a friend's party, I was the idiot oh. that had to have an alarm clock plugged Dude, in. Did it suck when you'd get the stacks and then you'd have to go through? You have to like, the Sunday. Somebody ones. knew, or if somebody canceled, uh, you'd have to like make a mental note of it because you have to route memorize. That was the yeah. worst. And I mean, Illinois winters are no joke for a fifth grader. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're just like. On that Sunday paper, so I'll take your word for it. That Sunday paper? Oh, yep. Are you kidding yep. me? You got to put it together. Well, the Sunday paper were the yeah, worst you, too. Because you get all that. You get all the compute, the 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 insets that you have to then manually put in each paper. Yep. Yeah, the, the papers were so thick that um, they didn't fit in my paper bag, so I had to actually come back to my house halfway through. Oh, 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 oh man! Yeah. Don't get me started. All this stuff's gonna flood back. But uh, one of the things that uh, a nice what if concerning Basil Wolverton. Now, this was published in 1951 at Marvel. What if Basil somehow wrote it out until 63? Yeah. Wouldn't it have been cool to see Basil? Now, we know Doctor Strange is uh, Ditko's signature. Well, his other signature character, right? Mm -hmm. What if Wolverton somehow endured until 63 and got maybe a year or so later got on Doctor Strange? What if? I mean, the mind boggles to see. Dude or the Hulk, man? He'd be in with the Hulk, I think. Yeah. Well, I I think the Hulk would be even more grotesque and and just. That's what I mean. Like, I think he would have been great on that. Yeah. Yeah. Not the Fantastic Four. That's not. Well, you see, don't... <laughs> I don't know. No, I know, but but imagine seeing a Wolverton mole man's creature on oh, yeah. that first issue. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, right. I I even think Wolverton would do a kick-ass thing. He oh, would. Yeah. That would. Yeah. 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 And uh, he would take it literally. He would. He would really draw a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh, something to ponder because obviously it didn't happen, but. All right, where are we at in the in the clock? Let's check it. Well, let's. Uh, oh, we still got a little bit of time. We got a little time, Scotty. So, uh, I mean, again, you know, you've been doing Oz for what three, four years now? Four years. Actually, I just finished the cover to the first issue of the fifth novel today. So, yeah, uh, we're getting so, ready to roll okay, in so, on the fifth volume. So that's what I was going to say. So the fifth volume is 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 that it, or is that are there more to come from there? No, we're gonna keep going. I mean, there's. I'm saying so. I mean, but how many? I, I mean, I'm there's sure. 14 bomb novels. There's like 14 of them. Yeah, Bomb himself wrote 14, Jesus. and then after that, there was like 
he after he stopped, he sanctioned. I think he was like somebody else took over for him. And I mean, I think all said and done, there's I think there's close to forty uh, or 30, 30, 40 Oz novels. But there are I, I believe there's fourteen that Baum himself wrote. Um, wow! And you're not you're not feeling any sense of 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 wanderlust. You're you're good. I'm good. I mean, there are times where um, there are days here and there that you feel a little fatigue, but um, no, it's. I mean, it's basically every three pages as I'm drawing something different, or a new world, or a new land, and you know, and 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 in a lot of ways, um, you know, because there's not a ton of visual language past that first movie. I mean, I get all. I I I buy all the original novels. You know the reprints of them and, and I, I check all the illustrations and stuff just to see where, where they came from. But, um, you know, for, for a good part of this, I'm just making all this stuff up. So, yeah. um, man, yeah, there's no shortage of, I mean, it, it, like I said, every three or four pages, they're in a different land of this place. So it's, uh, it's what's your, what's your working dynamic with Shanauer? Like, I mean, do you guys like ever speak or is it more like he sends you full scripts or like, how does that work since you're adapting something? I mean, and you've been working together for so long, has it changed how you work together now versus the beginning or, not really. I mean, Eric, um, when we first started, I was still working on X-Men while he got started writing. Um, so I, I believe he was almost – I think he was done with writing all eight issues before I even started drawing mm-hmm. the first one on the first novel. Um, but uh, Eric is uh, – he is a very thorough dude. Like he knows this stuff. Like he is – I mean he – guy he knows oh there we go you guys there yeah Yeah. you you cut out a little bit oh sorry um you said he was very thorough yeah eric is he knows everything about everything in this world so um i know and he he's very protective of oz uh so i know that when he go when he does these scripts i mean he is he's taking it from these books he's not doing a lot of he doesn't change anything i mean Every now and then he might tweak something or, or just slightly, ever so slightly to make it work a little bit more in a comic narrative, but rarely will he make a change. And if he does make a change, I mean, it's so slight, no one would ever know. Um, so in that way, there's not, a, there's not a lot of need for us to really discuss anything. The best thing that he does for me, um, and I, we just kind of started this off at the beginning, was because he's so knowledgeable whenever we get to the beginning of a each series i have him send me just a list of all the characters that will be in the whole run and okay. and he gives me a super detailed description of all of them you know mm-hmm. uh uh taken out of the actual prose uh, of the book and so you know i have he, he's so thorough that he gives me so much information um and it but also it's just like obviously you do what you want to, you know, do what you want to do, do what you're inspired to do. But here's, here's what it's, how it's described in the novel. Here's how this, have, he'll give me, here's how this artist did it. Here's how this other illustrator approached it. So he kind of gives me all these avenues. So in a lot of ways, it's like, cool, I can check that off, how not to do it or check that off. Like I do like the way that they approach these glasses or whatever. Um, but other than that, we, we we don't really. It's it's odd. We don't talk that much. Um, mm. Besides, you know, an email here and there, or he'll get a page and, and be really excited about something I approached, or 
or or I will, uh, you know, email him and like I just emailed him a couple of days ago because I'm getting ready to get started on the next one. And I'm pretty excited about this next one because there's so many crazy weird creatures in it. So I was just like, oh, I'm I'm super excited. But because we've been doing it so long and he knows um, he knows what um what I'm gonna do and I know how he handles these scripts. Uh, it's pretty easy. And the same thing with our editors. I mean, I don't. We're a pretty well-oiled machine at this point. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, we just got a new editor, a new, uh, Sana, um, got a new editor at, at, or a new assistant editor. Um, and the email introducing everybody was like, welcome to the easiest job in comics you'll ever have. <laughs> is what she said to the new editor coming on board. Um, because we're always a week early, mm-hmm. uh, with our work. We don't, uh, and it's like clockwork, you know, like. The schedule goes where we, everything just works perfect. Jean, my colorist, he's like, he's right behind me as my pages go. So, yeah, working with Eric's it's it's great because he's just so smart and knowledgeable. I mean, for anybody who knows his work on uh, Age of Bronze, I was just gonna ask uh, now how how familiar were you with him before you started working on this? Because I mean, there was Age of Bronze, there were filling issues. If you want to call them filling issues on Nexus, so I mean, I know he's been around doing work since since the 80s the late 80s and i i know him mostly as an artist i haven't read all of his work mm-hmm. but but to find out that you know he's writing these these oz adaptations that you're going through i mean i, th- I think it's an awesome team i think mm-hmm. i, I you, you two just i it's not exactly i mean when you think about you know your favorite creative teams or who would you like to see work together i don't think i ever would have thought <laughs> to put eric shannon or scotty young together but it's working it's obvious it's working but how how did you how did you feel when when you know they said and I, I mean i actually and and, and Back from around comics, I'm sure you talked about you know how it came about, but I you know when was there were, were there nerves were there I mean how did um, it not for me um, I definitely think there were nerves for him um, I didn't know Eric that well I was aware of his Age of Bronze stuff um, and I was aware that he had done Oz comics uh, I hadn't read them. Um, but did, did he Cliff publish those or first, or were they uh, self-published? I, I I believe at the time he I believe he published them. He had a publishing okay. company, um, and since then IDW has collected them and put out a couple collections or a big collection of some of it. Um, so I wasn't I mean I wasn't super well versed in his stuff, and and at that point, um, I just like. I don't know the whole pr- the whole thing at the beginning was very odd for me because I was certain that it was not a good idea for me to do it. Like, yeah, I think we talked about this actually the way back in the day when you were first on the show, which yeah. was that you were because we even talked about um, uh, what the hell's his name uh, uh, from the pit. Uh, oh, Dale Keown. Yeah, Keown, and you were saying how you were very conscious of the fact, like in your mind, like Dale Keown had like disappeared off the map. You know, but then, like, obviously he hadn't, but, you know, it was like you were so sort of, like, focused on the the superhero big two and, like, that if you weren't working there, you were going to be forgotten. And, you know, well, I just, it was more about the kids stuff. It's just like, I, all ages, kids stuff, just, I just, I felt like it was like a, like a, a quicksand, like a weird, like, 
you know, swamp of sadness situation where you just go over there and like get put in the corner of a comic book shop and nobody would ever see you. And right, right. even, even though, even though ironically, that's the stuff I love the most. I mean, that's, that's where I've always, that's what I feel like I've always been strongest at, but it's like, where, where do you get to do that in comics? So, you know, anyway. But I think the difference here is that, I mean, it's easy to say in retrospect, but the, the, the the decision was such a smart one, and that you know you guys have achieved something that is almost sort of like the uh, the the white the 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 white whale, which is that you've you've achieved success outside of the direct market, which is like pretty much unheard of, you know. So yeah, unless you're Robert you know, Kirkman, but you know you guys have done it too, so it's like you know. Yeah, and I think one of the things that 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 may have helped, and obviously, I mean, there's no way to really truly know, but. I mean, I think one thing that did help me was the fact that I was sure that it wouldn't work. So therefore, I didn't really, I didn't overthink anything, and I really just thought, well, you know, they were pretty very, they were very open with me just doing whatever I wanted to do, and uh, and just saying, you know, we want you to do your thing, so just do whatever. And and I was just telling a friend the other day, he was, you know, like he said, did you like, did you know what you were working on it? That it was like, it was what you like, it was going to be what it was going to be. And I was like, Oh no. Like I thought, um, that I was just going to turn this stuff in and they were going to be like, Oh oh, no, no, no. Like this is not a thing that we do. And, and, and as soon as we started turning in pages, um, Eric was very nervous because Eric is like I said, he's very protective of this stuff. So he saw what I was doing on superhero stuff, some superhero works, and was like, "What?" Like, and I think I think even even probably worse for him is is I think all he was familiar with or something that he had looked up or he googled me, and I guess maybe some Human Torch image just popped up, which is you know like uh. one of my first works, you know. Yeah. Nobody wants to be referenced by the like second miniseries in their career, you know. So. <laughs> Um, he was like, he was panicking. Like, I'm pretty sure that he was like, what have I got myself? Because I was hired on to do it before he was. Um, they had wanted to go. They were, they were, he was who they wanted. He just wasn't attached yet or they hadn't talked to him yet. Um, so when they, when they offered him the job, they said, you know, Scotty Young's going to be doing it. So he was definitely not very excited, I don't think. <laughs> and, um, so when I started turning in the pages, I think it, he definitely turned around. Uh, and, and was very very excited, and, and obviously since his, you know, is pretty much thrilled with 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 the work that we've done on it. So uh, you know, but I think the fact that I didn't I didn't really um, I kind of had a mentality of okay, well I'm going to disappear for a while. That helped in in some ways because when we did come out, um, I guess I didn't have any of that weird you know I didn't have any of that ego you you might have going into drawing a Spider-Man book or an X-Men book whatever because you you know like I'm working on something that's already a thing you know before I was here so of course I'll be a thing you know um you're just kind of like oh well I guess I'm just going to do that little art thing and and kind of be the weird you know cartoonist and and do whatever so I don't know it it was a, it definitely was an unexpected turn for me uh, in my career, but I couldn't be more happy. And, and now it's, it's, uh, it's, I almost can't imagine going back to, to, uh, drawing real people, <laughs> you know, right. like, you know, I just draw insects and, and, and fairy godmothers and, and, you know, no building has a straight line to be seen in it. And, uh, that's just a blast. So, right. I mean, but that said, you, you still do a lot of cover work. I yeah, mean, so yeah, yeah. You're still drawing lots of other characters. Sure, sure. I mean, um, I mean, it, it, fair to say you're pretty fast. I mean, in the sense that it, it, you know, you're, you're doing a regular book plus you're doing a lot of covers. You're doing your mm-hmm. sketches every day. I mean, that's 
you know, do, I mean, would you say you're faster than average? Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that also comes with the fact that, you know, um, I mean, I wasn't this fast when I got on the book. Um, when I came into this, I was at normal speed, you know, with, with what you'd figure, you know, page or, or so a day. More if I needed to, if it got crashed, but that was putting in a lot of extra hours. Um, now, it's the it's the benefit that I don't think a lot of us get to feel anymore is what happens when you get on a book and you get to stay on it for years. I mean, I've been on this book for four years now, yeah. so there's a lot of memorization and muscle memory that it, that's evolved now. So when I see a script, you know, when I get to a page that has the lion on it, or or they're going to be going into this place or that land. There's a lot of shapes that I have in my head that are there, and I've drawn them from every angle before. You know, so you 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 have a a library of of language to put down on the paper, and and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't um, take into consideration when new people get on books. You know, all, all of us have readers as readers. When you know an artist change, we'll be like, oh, they you know this artist didn't do that, and it's tough because you know imagine changing jobs every six months in the real world, right? Like. Imagine if you know you were an investor one day, and then you had to go captain a sailboat, and then you had to go be you know executive chef, and then you had to go. That's kind of what it feels like sometimes because you know one month you're drawing Venom, and then you know you've drawn that for six months, and you just are finding a nice little pocket, right? You're like, okay, I finally know how to draw this guy, and then uh, then you're then you're drawing uh, New Warriors. You know, so all of a sudden you have you, you got to go in. You've basically got to go learn an entire another language, uh, very fast and and usually on the job. So you're learning a language. Uh, people are kind of reviewing you, and and I think you guys mentioned on the last episode about New Warriors. So that was that was exciting to uh, <laughs> to hear some of the the reactions to that while you're trying to learn your language. You know, um, so that has helped. That's a, that's definitely a big bonus. Uh, to being on a book for this long is um, that language is, is memorized. And so it helps me be able to do my work. You know, I, I work nine to five hours. You know, I keep it pretty strict nine to five. I was uh, just about to ask that because I see, I, you know, you're on Twitter and, and, and you do the – now are, are, are the sketches basically your warm-ups for the morning, for the day? Or do you – I mean, you wake up and, you know, do you leave any are, – are, do you have a set schedule where – yeah, that's how many hours you're going to work, or do you go? Okay, well, I just have you know a few more lines to finish on this page. I'll finish this page, and then I start fresh tomorrow. Or the end of that, it, five o'clock comes, you clock out, and what you didn't finish on that page, you just pick up the next day. Um, it's I pretty much like I I I ha- I'm up with I get Baxter out of bed every morning uh, about seven. Uh, get him out of bed, take him downstairs, you know, get breakfast going with Casey and, you know, play, get, let the dogs out. And then I usually head out to my, I, I have a studio outside the house. So I head to the studio about eight, you know, between eight, eight thirty, and I'm, it's only about 10 minutes away. So, um, and then I usually use that first hour that I'm there to do the, the, that, you know, my daily sketch, you know, and I try to keep that under an hour. No um, I don't, you know. Like there are times where I've let it get out of hand, and I'm like, "Now what am I? You know, this is supposed to be a sketch, and you know, I'm doing, I'm doing a painting." Um, but I usually try to keep it in, inside of like 45 minutes to an hour. So I'm usually going about nine, nine thirty, ready to work. Um, so there never is really um, me not finishing what needs to be finished. Uh, look, you know, I don't start a page like I don't ever start a page and leave it. Um, 
but I also do things like uh, pencil an entire issue before I ink it. So oh, okay. I, I I pencil digitally. Um, right. So and and so I can I do about three. Like when I'm in the pencil stage, I do a minimum of I draw a minimum of three pages a day. Like during the nine to five block. Now mm-hmm. sometimes it takes me till five. Sometimes it'll take me till two. And then, you know, if I finish my three pages at two, I may add a fourth. Or at that point, I may turn over. If I've got a writing assignment, I'll use the rest of the afternoon for writing um, or a cover or, you know, or work on some personal projects. But so I usually do a minimum of three pencil pages a day. And then when I get to the inking, because I've done that so fast, then it opens up that rest of that time for me to usually do about two pages of inks a day, sometimes three if there's an easier page. Um, if, if I've went to a couple conventions in a month. Sometimes I may have to add a couple more to that. And again, I kind of will switch pages around to, you know, a couple easier ones here, a couple harder ones there. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, even that process has been memorized so hardcore that I, I can almost, I, yeah, on Monday, I can tell you exactly what will be done Friday without, without question. You know, like, That's cool. And, and you know what? If something comes up, if Baxter's going to go to open gym and I want to go meet meet Casey and, and the moms or whatever and watch him play for a couple hours or whatever, I'll do that because I'll just say, well, you know what? I'll double up tomorrow. Like I'll work a little I'll, – I'll double my efforts tomorrow or I'll double my efforts over the next couple days. Uh, that's kind of that benefit. But you know what? I mean after a certain amount of time, I mean it's just like anybody else's job. You, you, mm. you go, you know what? I'm a grown-up. I'm not a kid anymore. Let's get some discipline going. You know, like, like – and the rest, of the, the rest of the world operates in a, in, on normal hours. And I want right, to be, a, right. a, you know, I want to be part of everybody else's life. So right. I just, I finally, you know, had to be like, all right, I can't sleep till noon. I can't work till 12 at night, you know, but that's just me. I mean, some of my friends are, they, they have great times working the, the bizarre hours, but it's been a long time since I've done that. I mean, especially, I mean, you, you, you know, you guys with kids, you guys know, I mean, they work, they have the hours that they have. And, and for, so for me, like, you know, Baxter goes to bed between eight and nine and, and I, you know, there's definitely not any work happening from, you know, either four to five on to eight or nine. That's just mm-hmm. all, that's all kid time for me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so that, that part's nice. So, but I, I keep it pretty regimented as, as much as I can. Okay. That's very yeah, I mean, respectable. The, uh, the, the yeah. sketches, I have to say, you know, a lot of guys start like doing the daily sketch blog and, uh, David and I were joking about this at, the. Uh, we saw each other at the Wild Pig. Like you know, the the sketch blogs start off and they're hot, and then they <laughs> kind of like they just they just peter out, you know. Yeah. And it's understandable because you know, for the most part, a lot of these guys are just doing it for the fun of it, and then they get gigs, and they you know, just it's kind of lo- lowest priority on the. To- so I've been impressed with with your discipline on that front. Like it's it's it's. Uh, I would think it'd be easy to skip, you know, and then if you skip one or two days, then you skip a week, then it becomes yeah. a, a thing. Um, and you know, I guess is, is, is part of that where you're saying just the discipline and, and I guess also maybe because it seems like you and your, and your, your partner in crime have had a really like amazing success in it. Pretty much every sketch you do sells like instantly, which is again, like a different beast than somebody just like randomly doing sketches. So, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, I guess that's part of that's It's a little, is it easier to stay motivated when you know sort of it's like yeah. cage I mean, money, it, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're kind of almost making like, you know, like a like a like a normal 
job salary every year if if you keep it up, you know, like so right. that definitely doesn't hurt, you know. It's just like if I have this ability, um, so if I, if I can, I'm going to try to make a little money at it, you know. Just you know, again, we don't we, we don't work in a system that gives us insurance, so we don't. And so I have a family, and so anything that I can figure out how to to to, to pull together a little extra. But you know what? It also is very. I mean, some cynical people think like, "Oh, he's just out for the money grab or whatever." But you know what? It's funny because I do spend that hour, and I do try to keep it under an hour. And, and the interesting thing that happens there is you don't think too much, so you're just kind of running on instinct. Now, is every day amazing? No, it's not. But it's an exercise. So one day I might use a shape for something that I've never tried, and what that does is like I just did. Um, I just did a cover. It may have actually been that Mind the Gap cover uh, that I one of my daily sketches. I did a shape or I did a technique, and I was like, you know what? I like that. You know, so I'm gonna now I can go apply that to my actual job um, because sometimes you get scared to take risks and try new techniques or new shapes or new things on jobs. You know, um, a lot of that takes place in sketchbooks. That's that's kind of your that's your free throws, you know, like that's you going out to the line and shooting 50 before bed, you know. So like that's what that always was. That's what it is for me as well. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it, it's fun. I mean, that's also it scratches the fanboy itch for. Uh-oh. That's listen, nobody's going to let me draw a Hellboy comic, right? But um, these daily sketches in the morning, every now and then, be like, "Oh, cool! I'll draw a Hellboy today. I'll draw, mm-hmm. you know, I'll draw concrete." Like I'm never in my life going to get a draw, get to draw Jeff Smith, you know, a Bone comic. But I get to do a morning warm up and kind of like have that fanboy fan, you know, fan art moment. So um, it's it scratches a lot of itches. So it's, uh, I mean. I, I do it as much as I can. Uh, sometimes I, you know, like you said, I miss a week, I miss a day here or there. But I, I've, I'm, I'm actually surprised because I've tried it, or I tried it earlier. You know, I've tried it over the years a bunch of times, uh, and without much success. But I've kept it pretty solid uh, over the course of this last year and a half. So um, it's, it, I've gotten faster at it, and it's, it's definitely been great exercise for me artistically. Yeah, that Lobo one is pretty hilarious. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I I hope I didn't offend Rob because I really didn't mean to offend him with my post that I that I made. But I I had heard him on a uh, word balloon and where he, you know he's kind of like not liking the fact that Lobo had turned into you know the wily e. coyote of of DC or whatever. And yeah, I didn't realize he ever turned. I just I mean I mean that's the only Lobo I know. So I didn't think he ever actually shifted. To, I thought Lobo was created. Wasn't Lobo created in that vein, right? Wasn't he? Yes, or am I, I wrong? Speak. Well, he I was. He was. No, nah, he he was. Um, I, it was he was in Omega Men, and he had like that uniform on. Me was he a soldier? What? I don't. Oh, know. Okay. He was and, kind of a clown in the beginning, yeah. And then and then yeah, and then he became you know the the, the big bad biker dude, and 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 I think part of that was mostly though because of, of Simon Bisley, but um, yeah, he kind of he he definitely went down a different path than, than, than the one he was created in. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Well, speaking of Rob, Rob and I have a, uh, assuming the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs go to the NBA Finals, we uh, we have a uh, $100 bet the uh, loser is to uh, pay $100 to the Hero Initiative. So Nice. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Yeah, man. Rubbing elbows. 
Yep. <laughs> I'm trying right. to get him get to do a full full sized X Force commission for me, but he wouldn't go for that. Yeah. Well, well would you have drawn one for him? If Absolutely. You right. Yeah. Okay. Happily. <laughs> Here you go, Ralph. It's an even trade. And I need to have someone. It's a fair trade. Oh, yeah. Your, 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 your kid do that? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Oh, Thanks. be nice, dude. Damn, dude. I am being nice. I'm just heard that at a convention. Yeah. Listen, no. Cut me to the quick don't one. Even, don't even. I'm not the one who said that first, so don't even try it, dude. I'm oh, saying boy. go to a convention, show it to them, and then somebody would say. Because that happened. Don't even tell me that didn't happen. <laughs> this episode of 11 Thank O'Clock you. Comics Thank has been... Uh, well, yeah, it's almost two You didn't even let me get, co- get Scotty to promise that he'd illustrate my Kickstarter project. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him laughing hysterically. <laughs> Has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book <laughs> Service, DCBService.com. 35 to 75% off your favorite funny books and collectibles delivered right to your door. Don't even have to move a muscle other than to hit the enter bar when you put that code in there to get an extra 8% off. David, what it is? EOC8. That's right, EOC8. And in your travels, I've been catching up on this book. I let it get out of hand. Uh, this past weekend, I read a string of them. I, I, I love it. I adore this book. It's funny as hell. It's called Skull Kickers, and it's from Image, written by Mr. Jim Zub. Uh, Edwin Huang does the pencils. Misty Coates what? does the... What? Misty Coates does the uh, ink, does the colors, and it's just... It's, it's a comedic adventures of uh, Shorty the Dwarf and Baldy the Giant. It's a fantasy. It's awesome. It is. It, it, it's and Jason, uh, you were digging the uh, sound effects in Hercules, the onomatopoeia. Very good. Uh, Very remember. Yeah. They, they they do the same thing in this. Uh, this one sequence, uh, the the shorty the dwarf has a gaping wound, and uh, the uh, baldy plugs it with a, a small furry critter, and it, the sound effect is whole pluggery. Uh, there's a mob, and the, the maximum mob mentality is is some of the uh, the sound effects. Ramming speed. It, it's not quite as uh, chuckle worthy as Hercules, but it's getting there. The sound effects. That is the story. However, is very funny. Always every month. It, it's it's a uh, rip snorting uh, good time. There's half naked fairies running around. Foul mouth half naked fairies. A uh, a pretty nasty uh, female elven. Uh, duplicitous, uh, bitch. It's great. If, if you, if you're looking for some fantasy stuff, and there's, there's a dearth of fantasy books on the market. There's just not all that many of them. Uh, Skull Kickers is great. And it always comes out on time. Which is, oh, that's an achievement by itself. Chunky back matter. There's puzzles and, and mazes and, uh, pinups by, uh, other artists and, uh, letters. It's just, it, you will get your money's worth with Skull Kickers and it's only two ninety nine. Nice. There you go. See, Vince, Vince gets an attaboy. Look at you for remembering shit. I remember shit and I get shit on. Okay. The, uh, oh, I'll snap. Oh. I'll snap. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna We didn't even talk what? adventure time while Scott is on. See? See, now you're stepping all over me, dude. Oh, my bad. This is because I have to come back for this Kickstarter Adventure Time uh, bonanza. <laughs> my, in, in in your travels this week, and I was I was a little worried. I, I did read, speaking of free comic book day earlier in the episode, I, this was one of the free comic book days I did pick up, was Adventure Time. And I was a little, I, I, I love the cartoon, and it's 
there are some things that you're not sure if they're going to translate well into other mediums. And because of the cartoon, you you obviously know um, Vin, uh, <laughs> Vin's, yeah. Vin's and and Jake's and 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 everybody's voices. And but sometimes I guess seeing them acted out in a cartoon and and the way things play out in a cartoon are a little different than than when you look at static images. But but even if um, some things may seem a little off. This is still a lot of fun and a very, a very good adaptation. A very almost, it's very close to being a, a a true translation of the cartoon in a comic book. And I um, science, it, it's mathematical. I was, it was, I did. There, there was a, um, there's a little bit of an issue yesterday. I noticed on the Comixology website that the first issue was three ninety nine, where two and three are one ninety nine each, and then the fourth issue is the latest issue, and that's that that full price. Um, but when you look on your tablet or your phone through the Comixology app, the first issue is also one ninety nine, like Weird. the second two issues. So uh, Comixology support, I believe, is aware of it. But if 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 you use your device, you'll be able to, to download the issue at at, at the discounted. Uh, rate, but um, first four issues are available. The uh, there are backups. The backups are are fantastic, especially in the first issue with um, with with cinnamon bun and and uh, and towels and armpits. And it's just there are it's there there are the gross aspects of it as as they tend to be. But um, but I mean I, I enjoy the cartoon because of of the songs and 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 the way. The characters react to one another, and and especially the things that that Jake says, and when you hear him say things. But um, the comic book, I am I'm glad it exists. I, I I like having something else with this with these characters with in, in this universe, and and it it just I don't know how hands on Pendleton Ward and and the producers of the cartoon are with with Boom and and this comic, but it. Um, it's definitely a uh, it. It's fitting. I I, I really yeah. do. It's not like the other licensed stuff where you're like 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 those issues of of Marvel Star Wars where you're like you know it was between Empire and and Jedi and you know you just have Lando going around for three issues because you know he still hasn't found Han and it's like so that we're just <laughs> using filler for 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 the for the years between the the the, the fifth and sixth movie. But this is just this could fit in and these could be actual episodes. It's it's great. Yeah, honestly, I think, Paul Pope's, I think Paul Pope's doing the backup for the next one. I think. I think you're right. Yeah, he's in the queue. Um, love the show. I would much rather read it as a comic. Wow. Yeah. I think yeah. The comic's good, good okay. man. It's good. Yeah. There's the so much added good. value to the comic with the the running text on the bottom of the pages yeah, that, and and yeah, the, that little like mini strip going on yeah, at the bottom. Right. The the mini strip. It's just and and the the diversity of artists they got for this thing. Like yes. Michael De, Michael DeForge. Yow. Come on. It's just. I see that Dave Cooper piece I posted on Twitter the other day. Yeah. Oh. Insane. Yeah. But it's it, the, again, it's three ninety nine. But you so get. Your money's worth with Adventure Time. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. All right. So let's see here. In travels, uh, go to Scotty Young Com. It's with a K. S K. Check out his site. He's got good shit <laughs> on there. Um, and then when you want to feel reading something, uh, let me recommend to you uh, my uh, one of my favorite creators, um, Mr. Matt Kent, is out with his new 
his new uh, creator-owned ongoing series called Mind Management, and it's uh, Mind M E M T. Uh, it's uh, it, it, the first issue got off to an awesome start. Um, it, it basically, the premise is uh, a airplane was uh, flying its route, and for some reason, everybody on the plane loses their memory completely, um, has absolutely no recollection in any way, shape, or form of anything that happened before they were on that plane. And then you're sort of fast-forwarded two years later in the first issue to their lives, and and you can imagine, you know, what this would mean because people come back, they don't recognize that they even had kids, and so they don't really love their kids. They had wives and husbands. They don't remember being married to them. They, you know... um, and then the central character uh, is this uh, woman who's written at least she had one successful novel, and her she's been struggling to write her her next novel, and her publisher is uh, pressuring her. She's basically broke at this point, and won't, they won't give her any more advances. And um, she wants to write a story about these these people on the plane and their memory loss. And, and the publisher's like, it's not going to sell. You know, it's already been done. Uh, and he sends her on a a chase for another story which uh, it may or may not be tied into it and it becomes apparent that she in some capacity is involved in all this although she doesn't seem to know that she's involved so uh, it's just it's it's clearly a very layered intricate um, psychological thriller and uh, you know Kent he's he a history of doing this kind of thing where he he, he takes uh, like little interstitial vignettes that can last you know a couple pages a couple issues and then he ties them all back together into a a much bigger narrative uh, over time. So it was. I thought it was a terrific first issue. It wrote me right in, and I, I can't wait to uh, to continue the journey. So sweet. I'm waiting till that's collected. I definitely want to read. that. Yeah, I mean, I can't because he's a buddy, and I do love his stuff so much. I'll double dip, you know. I mean, but I definitely think this. I think he just like Jeff Lemire. I think probably, you know, you're you're, you're if you're only going to do one version, you probably want to do the collected version. You know. Yeah. Right, but uh, yeah, Scotty, too hotty. What you got, buddy? I, in your travels, go by a graphic novel called Three Shadows. Huh? It's by Cyril Pedrosa. Yes. Uh, It's translated and adapt or translated by and published by Fair Second. Um, It's two hundred and seventy-two pages. Uh, you can get it on Amazon for six seventy eight, um, and then there's a, a little bit more expensive version that has like deco-ledge pages and everything. Well, I got a sixty percent off. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, it is. I read it. Um, I read it right after uh, I had Baxter, so it was pretty intense. It's about. I'm a mother and father who uh, have a young son, and one day they discover these three uh, shadow kind of silhouetted figures out in the distance from their home. Uh, and they're there one uh, one night, and then they, they walk off, and then they are there the next night, and uh, the parents realize, you know, that they are – these three shadows figures are – kind of representation of death and they're there for their son. And uh, so the father embarks on uh, an epic journey to basically run 
from death and, and keep the sun from from the three shadows and uh the journey's crazy it's big it's it's i mean it's it, it's not it's not the kind of it's not like an adventure book at all but it's you know the entire time that you, that they're on this this uh journey you just feel the weight of this i mean again the first time i read it I've read it multiple times, but the first time I read it was just after I had my son. So there were multiple times, you know, you know how you feel after you have you right when you have your kid, you know, every emotion in you is just at the peak of its existence. So you're just uh, reading something where a son is kind of on, or a father on, on the run from death, protecting your son. And so the things that go on are just, it, it's, it's dark. It's haunting is probably the best word that I can, I can kind of give it. Um, it just kind of seeps in you, and you, you feel, it. and and that doesn't happen a whole lot, you know. It doesn't there's not too many books I've read in my my life of comics where it, it like truly affects me emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the second time I read it was was uh, shortly after uh, my father passed away in November, mm-hmm. so it kind of took uh, another meaning for me from another angle. Uh, you know, the first time I read it was definitely a a father's angle and the, and the second time I read it was definitely uh, from son's angle. Um, but it, the cartooning, you know, he, uh, Cyril has a animation background. So it, it's, it's black and white. The cartooning is so, uh, full emotion and, and poignant. And, and I don't know, it's definitely, uh, once you read it, you will, you will, uh, you will not, I, I just guarantee that that you they won't there will have not been too many books that have that will affect you on an emotional level as this one did. Um, it's pretty powerful, so I I would definitely say everybody needs to run out and grab that Three Shadows from First Second. Boughton and Boughton. Nice. nice. That's not even a word. Well, it, it is, is now. now. <laughs> what? What? All right, everybody. Thank you uh, for being here. Thank you, Scotty. For, yeah, for man. Spending, spending Thanks, some time Scotty. with us. It was a blast. Also, uh, yeah, we I keep forgetting. We should throw out our Twitter names, dude. Yeah, we should. Yeah, so you're in, in, Vince is at Vince Bond. Vin, yep. Vince, B-O-N. David is at David A. Price. Not Dave A. Price, but David A. Price. There you go. <laughs> right. Uh, Scotty is at uh, Scotty Young, right? Mm-hmm. I, I forgot if you were. I think it's, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and I am at... Uh, J J A Y B Wood, B and Boy Wood. So, chances are follow. real good. That you don't need to follow you... Scotty. He's already got twenty thousand people following him. But the rest well, I'm almost. Is... I'm like. I think I'm like. I'm like a hundred from 20. whatever, dude. Dude, yeah, I've been on Scotty for here. five years and I have three thousand followers. <laughs> I oh, saw the other day. Yeah. You were like, you like, can I just get five thousand? How hard I, is that, dude? It I, feels like some people. People go on Twitter and are like. They have like four followers, and you're like, oh, if I can only have 10,000 followers, it's like the third next day they have 10,000 followers. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I get fucking – it's yeah. like – it's baffling. I don't know. I, I have 1,100. Woo. I guess that speaks to the uh, the draw, huh? <laughs> I guess so. There you it's go. they haven't seen how sexy you are. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, hey, thanks for being here. We'll be back next week, and uh, we love you. really do. It's true. Big yeah, time. not even lying. Nope. And call David, because he gets lonely. Yeah. True. Yeah. Call me. Who else is going to call me? I'll call you. I'll definitely yeah. call you. 
I'll breathe in the phone like you like it. Just like I like it. Yeah. Night, everybody. Bye-bye. Nitro. Bye.